and welcome back to Presenting Pixie Dust. I'm Elizabeth Carr. And I'm Brett Harvey. And we are very excited. Today we have one of our dear friends and very special guest with us in the studio today. Um, Dion Alexander, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, Dion it has been an absolute trooper because yeah. we have tried to record this episode one other time before. He mm. slept himself all the way to our house. Mm. We fed him lunch and we came in to record and we had some time because the baby was at daycare and we couldn't Nothing record. worked. <laughs> Nothing worked. We tried Brett's computer. We tried my computer. We switched microphones around. We restarted a thousand times and we couldn't get it going, but... It's working now. Oh, that's Hollywood. That is Hollywood. That's it. That's true. Mr. Hollywood will call you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So that's what we'll credit him as in our our credits at the end. Mr. Hollywood. It's a paid gig too, people. (laughs) (laughs) We pay him in pizza. Um, Today, we are talking about the Renaissance classic Pocahontas. Yeah. um, Which is really exciting because, Dion, you were very, very adamant that this was your episode. You asked me if I wanted to be on the podcast, and I think I said, as long as we do Pocahontas. Yeah. 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 So we saved it for you this whole time. Yay. It's been it's been in I the know, pocket for you. have had so many. So I was many like, episodes. How have they not done it? Well, we haven't done The Little Mermaid either, which what? is my favourite, mm. because I feel like once I've done The Little Mermaid, where do I go from there? Yeah. That'll <laughs> be your last it. episode. It might have to be. It Isn't there a sequel to, to The Little Mermaid? There's a couple. <laughs> and then there's live action as well. There so is too. Yeah. You can I'm milk ex- it. We yeah. can. I'm excited yeah. for the live action of Little Mermaid. I think it's going to be beautiful. So can I ask the first question? Yeah. Yes, you can. Which is, why Pocahontas? Well, I mean, if we're going to get real technical, uh, when I was a kid, I had few Disney films. Mm. Because we, as children, did not have access to many, many a movie on a streaming service. No. (laughs) Um, And we didn't have cable or anything like that, so it's... Whatever videos you had in your home, VHS, they, they, yes, exactly. yeah. VHS, they were your favorite films. Yeah, yeah. As, as simple as that. And this film was gifted to me at about five or six years old, mm-hmm. and it was on repeat. So I think the other films I had at that point, my very first one was Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. I think after that I got Aladdin. Mm. And then, I mean, Pocahontas was like three or four. It was really early on in the the yeah videos that I, I owned. And this one just spoke to me on a, a different level. And I mean, I'm happy to discuss that like further into the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the technicalities of what I've recognized in my adult years. But I mean... Simply put, it was the one that I had that um, I think, yeah, there was just something special about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so can I hit you with some Disney questions? Because you're a Please. brand new guest to our show I and am. hopefully a return guest. Hopefully you'll I've come back. I've already plans for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, So is it fair to say then Pocahontas is your favourite Disney princess? Uh, favourite princess? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. She, and the thing is, I think what sets her apart for me in my eyes is I have to remember that when I was a kid I was not a young girl getting the Disney princess films mm-hmm. so for me I like I said I had Beauty and the Beast and I had Aladdin and Pocahontas kind of like broke the the I guess the pattern mm. um, and what I saw in her was just you know let's remove gender from it she was just independent yeah. and really strong willed and I had a desire from a really young age for adventure 
And this this movie's packed with it. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things we see is her just dive off this Jumps cliff. Jumps off the cliff. The yeah, yeah. majestic. Like, oh, <laughs> just like a gazelle. <laughs> she, she's just this, I think I was in awe of her. Yeah. I, I think that's what it was. Amazing. Um, do you have a favourite villain? Okay, so I thought about this. Yep. Okay, so I will say, so Pocahontas is my favourite Disney film. Sure. My second favourite Disney film is Hunchback. Of Notre Dame. Uh huh. And episode people... three, guys. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's it four. four. It's four. Yeah. You're right. You're I right. I listened. <laughs> yeah. Episode four. But it's um, and it was funny because in the uh, the Hercules uh, episode that you had, yeah. Um, I think Emily Rose mentioned that Pocahontas and Hunchback are two of the most depressing, sad yep. stories that Disney has produced. Yet they're my two favorite ones. <laughs> yeah. They were back to back. I'm pretty they sure. Yeah. To... yeah, I'm pretty sure they were. And I think what what it was was they both spoke to these like really uh, deep conversations and I think just based off of circumstance in my life the deeper stuff is really what connected to me mm-hmm. and Frollo is so evil Frollo's yeah. so gross <laughs> there is something about him that it's like you can't even like he's not a fun like quirky colour where he's like this <laughs> like purple octopus yeah, 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 yeah. like you know he's, yeah. he Ursula. is yeah. but he's probably the villain in my eyes that looks most like a human being yeah absolutely and that's terrifying i think that that's a really good point because even some of the other human i'm putting human in like quotation marks human villains are very um character they're very characterized yeah ratcliffe or jafar or some of who are humans for most of the movie right um they still don't have those humanistic features you know they're still very um exaggerated whereas caricature yeah whereas whereas frollo isn't frollo's just a man right and like to say that he's my favorite villain speaks on like the wrong reason like (laughs) i don't enjoy him yeah but i think like there is a line i know we're not doing hunchback that's okay but, but the line at the start of the movie which still almost brings like like i could burst into tears if i allowed myself can i can i guess what it is yeah. is it what makes a monster and what makes a man yeah. who, who is the <laughs> monster, monster and sorry who is the man? <laughs> get it yeah, right like, honey in my, in, in, i mean i had to, I yeah, had yeah, to clarify. correct me do it but in in that moment you literally if you are familiar with the movie you just see quasimodo and you see frollo yeah and you have no doubt yeah who the monster is like yeah. it's so and for me it's just kind of like oh, i can't wait to see him just, just whatever happens to him because it's going to be get sweet. his comeuppance right. yeah, yeah. now and but to, to add a more fun yeah. version of who my favorite villain is is sharpay a villain you know, what? <laughs> we have done a high school musical episode that was again very early on. It might be episode six or seven. Yeah. And right. you know what? I, I could they villainize her, but right. just as for Sharpay, because okay. I said okay. this on the episode, this girl worked her way up. She's right. put in the hours and the time. She went mm-hmm. through the ensemble. She's done. Yeah. She auditioned. Her life is performing arts, and yeah. she's in her senior year or whatever senior years, mm-hmm. and she's ready to be the star. And it's it, her turn. And this bloody little girl, ring in. this ringing from nowhere, <laughs> has just come and sing karaoke one time mm. at a ski resort, and he's going to come in and take her. And we're supposed to sympathize with Gabriella. I'm sorry. It's absolutely ludicrous. I just, I feel for her on so many levels. She's just as far sharp, hey? Okay, here is my But they do villainize her. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. She doesn't do good things in the film. No, she doesn't do good things. No. But I wouldn't either. Whether they're... 
premeditated, whether they're things that she feels the need. To, I mean, everyone is troubled. Sure. You know, <laughs> but it, I think in the context of the film, she is set up to be the, the villain. villain. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do think that there is something so charming about her She's because wonderful. by the end of the third movie, like, I, I, clearly you've only done the first movie. We have I'm only sure. done the first yeah. one, yeah. Are um, you coming back from High School Musical 2? I, knew you, I like, <laughs> like, do you want me to tell you what I wanted to do for my next podcast? Tell we me. haven't even finished this one. No. I, <laughs> we haven't even started this one. <laughs> I know. I am obsessed with High School Musical, the musical, the series. I lo- I've seen the first season and it was such a meta experience. I love it. And the second. <laughs> Second season I've seen half of. Okay. But the now, first season was amazing. I just finished the third season. Okay, does it get better? It's... Okay, I'll just tell you this. As a 16-year-old watching High School Musical for the first time, I needed this series. Yeah. Like, that was the version of High School Musical that I needed at that time in my life. Yeah. yeah. I really encourage you to keep going. Okay. It I'll have to go back and restart season two again. very cheesy. Oh, I know. So, I loved it, though. I say that High School Musical, the musical, the series, is the office for Disney. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> absolutely is. And in terms of where we are at representation, it is such... A breath of fresh air mm-hmm. for myself, who is part of the BIPOC community, part of yeah. the queer community. It's something that I'm like, oh, this was made for me. Like, yeah. this was something that I can connect to on so many levels. And just young Dion is just coming back out to be like, all right, I'm ready for this. And then I'm just going to kind of like... It's healing your inner child. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. What a beautiful yeah. thing to say. So does this mean you empathise with Sharpay? Oh. More than the. <laughs> I mean, yes. I think I'm allowing myself to now the way that I didn't back then, yeah. but I always wanted to. Watch Absolutely. your back, honey. Watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, do you have a standout Disney memory in your mind? Like, can be so because you've been to the parks, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, which parks have you been to? I oh, I've been to the uh, I've been to Disneyland and Disney World. Yep. So both of them in the United States. Yep. I've Have you done any of the other ones, the I, Asian ones or the no, European? No, I haven't. Um, I actually, I know this is going to be um, a bit controversial. I worked at Universal Studios in Singapore. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> kidding. Wow. But, the other park. So I do have some experience with theme parks. Sure. Um, I do have a lot of friends that worked with me at that park who had either done um, Tokyo. Yep. Um, and had worked in, and even people from that Singapore contract were American and went back to the States and worked in the American parks. Yeah. So I do have a kind of like behind the scenes vision of uh, Disney, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, plural parks. But I'm really glad I never worked with them because I think it does take away the magic. Yeah, you think it would ruin it? Yeah, because I know what happens. Like, I, I, I think that Disney is a different level. Like, yep. you can never have mm. two characters, two of the same character in the park at one time. Yeah. You know, there is, uh, like... There's um, a lot of rules and processes yes. that they go through. And like, but that's uh, to maintain the magic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. even, like, I, I've never worked at the park, so I'm allowed yeah. to say it. But mm. people, um, if you get asked if you work at Disney and if you're a character, they always have to say, oh, I'm a friend of Snow White. Yeah. You know, they're not yeah. allowed to say I play her like yeah. no because there's only one Snow White right <laughs> yeah. you know and it's yeah, yeah. just it's to keep up this magic and I I guess they take it really seriously mm. which they should it is this this world for people to escape into mm-hmm. um, and you know we have that in every other capacity so why not bring that same love and, and compassion to this world because it does mean a lot to a lot of people yeah absolutely so um, okay. memory, memory. <laughs> sorry let's get yeah, back on yeah. track I know <laughs> this is what I said before yeah. I'm like you're going to have to keep me on track <laughs> 
Um, I would have to say the memory is every birthday or Christmas as a kid receiving the next Disney film. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, so my my auntie, shout out to Angie. Um, (laughs) Hi, Angie. Hi, Angie. So uh, Angie was my cool auntie, not to, like, offend the rest, (laughs) but she was the one that kind of, like, was really adamant about me having, like, a passion for Disney. Okay. Um, mm. You know, she was always dancing and, and full of energy and all that kind of stuff. And, and I still, you know, at New Year's was like, you know, you were the person that got me, like, loving Disney as much oh, as I how do. how beautiful. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I would always look forward to that gift because I'm like, what is this film that is going to be my favorite film for the next six months? Mm-hmm. And so for me, that really was, that was Disney for me. That was that time of my life. And I'm talking... I had a whole collection from, you know, Hercules and uh, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, I've said Beauty of the Beast. And I'm trying to think of the other ones right now, like 101 Dalmatians, yeah. mm. um, Aladdin and the Forty Thieves was yeah. another one, you know, which doesn't get a lot of people So that was the third one, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And um, the Prince of Thieves. Aladdin, the Prince of Thieves. Was it the Forty Thieves? There's Forty Thieves there, but I think the movie is Aladdin and the Prince of Thieves. Oh, because is that the original name? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. Got it. it's the Because the Prince of Thieves version. spoiler yeah. is his dad, isn't it? That's the one you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about yeah. right. So that's the third in there. Yeah. Because Return of Jafar is the second one. And, and yeah, oh, my goodness. And, <laughs> but that was like Oliver and Company, and, yeah, yeah. and all of those. Really I don't think great... I've seen Oliver and Company. Wow. And I don't think that's one so, I didn't watch. Well, the fun fact about Oliver and Company was it was supposed to be this huge hit you know they had i think who was it was it bet midler i think they had as one of the voices wow they had some big names and um it was supposed to be this big thing and it just did not get it yeah Mm. and then the next film they released was the little mermaid yeah which they didn't expect to take off as much as it did and i think then you mentioned that's what started the renaissance so i do think that i got oliver and company at the like 10 year anniversary like these were the anniversary movies that were yeah, being before they got back in the vault again remember yeah. when Disney would vault things and then <sighs> you couldn't get them anymore what a brilliant brilliant marketing strategy absolutely like, terrible for us as yeah, kids well but I yeah. know but did you like were you, were you hitting up like the video easy and the blockbuster and renting the ones that <laughs> well, you didn't actually, get well actually Angie was my, you know, blockbuster. Oh, yeah. She had <laughs> so many films. Wow. And so I would go to her house and decide which ones I was going to borrow and then come mm. home. You bring back all these memories that I completely forgot <laughs> about. I remember having Tarzan. I think yep. I got the second yeah. Little Mermaid from her. I don't know that I had watched... Have I still watched The Little Mermaid start to finish? I Shut up. <laughs> you I, must have. I don't know. I've watched enough of it. You've, you've watched all of it in pieces over the yes. years and you can put it together like every <laughs> yeah. Friday night movie was The Sound of Music so you've sure. seen bits, bits of it but I you don't, don't think know. I've ever watched The Sound of Music in one sitting yes. the whole thing I've seen the whole thing yeah. but I you know when it just gets really sad at the end uh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. so I'm like you know I don't That's need to watch podcast. that anymore <laughs> <laughs> alright so shall we let, shall we get into Pokemon no just no I've got a question oh, okay. Okay. so this this cool auntie of yours did yeah. you get your present for the most recent Christmas no I mean I feel like as you like get to an age where you have to gift yourself yep. I think the responsibility like she gave me the tools uh, <laughs> she know? started you off yeah she was like now young grasshopper here you and, are <laughs> you know so so she didn't buy that t-shirt that you're wearing no. right now okay so this is one of my like favourite purchases from online um, it is for those at home uh, I'm wearing my Disney princess t-shirt which is six of the princesses in order uh, to represent the pride flag yeah it's beautiful yeah the colors are in order to represent the, yeah. yeah do you want to take us through the characters okay so 
I think everybody would just assume that Red was going to be um, Ariel, yeah. but it's actually Mulan, which yeah. I think is a fun, great yeah. way to mm-hmm. kind of like bring Mulan into the equation because yeah. absolutely. She doesn't get enough love. No. And no. so, and then in orange, which is actually my favorite color, is Pocahontas, which is why I needed this shirt. <laughs> um, also does not get enough love. There's no merchandise. I mean, if scene. you go to the parks and you look for Pocahontas mm. merch and Mulan merch, that's that's my biggest complaint. Yeah. Um, because they're so, they're so great. They're such great characters. Um, but then to go on we've got yellow is Belle from mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast green is Princess Tiana from Princess and the Frog which you haven't seen uh, nope <laughs> <laughs> way to out naughty uh, naughty I know, I know I, gotta, I, have to, I have to go and watch it um, I've been told so much good about it but yeah. I think at the time I just wasn't ready to appreciate it yeah. well uh, that's one of the ones that didn't come out when we were kids no like, so we were in our I, 20s yeah my nieces were, the, were kids yeah. at the time and watching them not be invested in it I just couldn't I couldn't yeah. sit there and just like get myself into it yeah um, but then we got Jasmine from Aladdin as blue and we've got Rapunzel as purple yeah, yeah. Ra- Rapunzel is Brett's favourite Disney princess yeah so his favourite princess movie is Tangled yeah it's yeah. brilliant it, I think that was like the new age like yeah. the yeah. new age of the princesses yeah, definitely. so it's very a fun spin alright that was an epic intro. Yeah, <laughs> that's our longest. Thing. Yeah. And that's all the time we have. <laughs> no, we've got time. We've always got time for fun no. facts. Okay. So we're gonna, let's get started on our. What Pocahontas. was the movie again? Pocahontas. 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 Yes, Pocahontas. No. All right, so Pocahontas had the largest premiere in history on yeah. June tenth, nineteen ninety five, in New York's Central Park. So Disney wow. officials estimated the crowd at about a hundred thousand. Wow. That came to watch the movie, and it rained. Um, so wasn't it there? Capitan Theatre, no, like everything else. Capitan Theatre in Hollywood. They yeah. needed a bigger venue. I think they were just building up, um, building up momentum for this movie. And yeah, so Central Park is where they held it, and they had no contingency plan about what they would do if it rained. It did rain a little bit during one point, but that was when the storm happened, just by mm, chance during wow. the movie. So it rained a bit then, but then it dried out. So luckily, was it conte- contextual? Did it happen yeah. when there's a storm in the movie? Yeah, yeah. It actually. Yeah, it rained in real life. Wow. Those are, that's that. that's Disney magic. <laughs> yeah. Disney magic. <laughs> um, it has a runtime of 81 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this is this is not going to please anyone. But um, it has a current rating of 6.7 on IMDb <laughs> mm. and 54% Ooh. on Rotten Ooh, Tomatoes, shot which is heart. probably one of our lowest yeah. rated movies yep. yeah. um, recently that we've, that we've looked at. Of the modern movies, anyway. Yes. Certainly of Correct. the modern movies. Yeah. Just for... Um, reference i think that uh pinocchio got 100 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah, Cartoon? yeah. oh wow yeah rated yeah really and that's yeah. very um problematic uh, problematic well, is easy it's interesting say, yeah. it's an interesting it's an yeah. interesting anyway. one but yes we're talking pocahontas people we're on pocahontas <laughs> talk about that that problem all right yeah. so fun fact number one Do any any idea why you think the scores are so low yes i'd have lots of ideas yeah. why the scores are so me too. We'll get to that later. Fun fact number one, Disney's version of Pocahontas centers John Smith, the man Pocahontas supposedly fell in love with. In reality, John Smith came to her town when she was only nine or ten years old, mm. while he was 27 years old mm. at the time. And despite Disney's narrative, the two were never actually romantically involved. In fact, John Smith was feared by many Indigenous children in the area that he was in and was known to enter villages and hold various chiefs of tribes at gunpoint demanding food and supplies. Yeah. He's yeah. really harsh. Yeah. Which we really do kind of see a little bit of in the movie as well. Like he's, uh, he's yeah. quick, to, quick to get the gun out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 He's yep. all macho bravado. 
and it, it's wants to conquer the world. Well, it's funny because he he has kind this of. kind of like this uh, this aura. aura? Yeah, and it, is it the flowing hair? Uh, it's this, okay, so this was the era of Fabio. Yeah, like, yeah that's it, isn't it? It's so, yeah, like, yeah. on the nose. But I'll let you continue with your facts. <laughs> well, I've got lots to say about yeah. John Smith coming up. Like, not in my yeah. fun facts, just personal opinions on okay. John Smith. Yeah. Okay. But we'll get to him. Oh, me too. <laughs> um, all right, number two. As a Native American, Disney's Pocahontas was both the first person of colour lead in one of their films and the first POC character to join the Disney princess brand. Wow. Disney also managed to avoid the whitewash voice casting that sometimes plagues POC characters in animation. While Pocahontas' singing voice was performed by theatre actress Judy Kuhn. Hmm. Kuhn. Kuhn. Sorry, Judy. How's it spelled? K-U-H-N. I'd say Kuhn. Okay. That's how okay. I would say it. Yep. <laughs> Judy Kuhn. Her spoken voice was provided by Native American Irene Bedard. In fact, all of the Native American characters in the film were voiced by Native American actors. Yeah, there you go. Which I think is quite progressive for 1995. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I hate to be surprised, but it's, it's Considering a really nice fact. Considering Princess Jasmine is a tiny white girl. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway. And Leah Salonga is the singing voice? Leah Salonga is the yeah, singing voice. Right. Yeah, She's also the singing voice for Mulan. Mm. Leah Salonga. Yeah. Um, fun fact number three. Pocahontas featured the first interracial romance seen in Disney film. There you go. I was wondering about that. You can have um, person-animal romance. Yeah. (laughs) That's Um, fine. Can we clarify? In in a Disney film. In a Disney film. In a Disney film. With Beauty and the Beast. No one had an issue with that. But interracial? Heaven forbid. Um. I thought this one was really interesting. So, fun fact number four, Pocahontas was being created at the same time as The Lion King. Mm. Like, concurrently, they were being made. And Disney's animators allegedly fought over which film they wanted to work on. Pocahontas was the more popular of the two because they believed it would be more of a hit than The Lion King. Yeah, that's right. They weren't confident with The Lion King at all. They were not confident with The Lion King, no. No. And I think it was like the leftover crew that ended up working on yeah. the Lion King, and and it they just ended up just acing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they had a pressure. They had it. They had something to prove. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we haven't done an episode on The Lion King either. That's what are you? Okay, what have you done? Uh, <laughs> done High School Musical. Yeah. <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't. I shouldn't complain. <laughs> so, which episode did you want to come back for, Dion? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fun fact number five: John Candy originally voiced a character in this movie, huh. uh, the character of Red Feather, a turkey who was meant to be Pocahontas' sidekick, um, but eventually all the characters were made mute and John Candy actually passed away during production, oh. so Red Feather was cut altogether. They completely cut that character. Wow. Yeah. And crazy. now, am I mistaken? Red Feather, is that like a Indigenous term? Look, I'm, I don't... Uh, I would assume so. It sounds like it, but yeah. he's a turkey. Right. So that's... <laughs> actually, well, to speak about turkeys, I'm like... In Moana, she's got a chicken sidekick. Yeah, so maybe, she's got a rooster. Maybe, yeah, so I was like, maybe there's like a an ode to that You know there. what? We spoke about this briefly Could as we were been, watching the yeah. movie, that there's a lot of synchronicities between this movie and Moana, mm-hmm. a lot of things that come up that are very similar. Um, so, Well, is you know, is it just purely the fact that they it was a formula that worked? Maybe. So they've just gone, let's sort of line them all let's up again. Let's So it's not to... to change it train nope. thoughts go on well it's in I, your head i do think that moana is potentially disney's like getting pocahontas right you mm. know yet refining it because yeah. i i was watching pocahontas and i was like we didn't need the love story no no we did not need the love story it was completely 
Ah, uh, there's so much more to say about that, but I do think that I also there have is... lots to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I do think Moana is necess- like it, it is what Pocahontas could have could been, have been. Yeah. but maybe just not at the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So fun fact number six, the Disney executives had all of the secondary animal characters such as Miko and Flit lose all of their dialogue, like I mentioned earlier, mm. in order to make this movie seem a bit more serious. Mm. So when the char- the animal characters were talking, it just didn't feel cohesive with how mm. the story was um, working out and it just felt a bit silly for the story that they were trying to tell. Well, am I wrong in saying that this was the first Disney film of its kind to take place in a real place. Um, oh, look, I don't know. You could be. You could be absolutely correct. Because I mean, there's Agrabah. In yeah. Mm. You know, that's an imaginary place yeah. where this was. And know, the other, and the other princess movies were like generally in Europe, Europe, Europe but yeah. they weren't necessarily specific Bonjour. about it. Bonjour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bonjour. Okay, just like, to clarify, they are real places. They are real places. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this was the first one that kind of, I think, spoke on a real But they event. gave you, yeah, and they gave uh, you a specific yeah, yes, yeah, a specific historical, place. Yeah, they gave you a map. Historical yeah, they gave people. you a map. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, again, with the animals speaking, I think it was to act on the true nature of the, st- of the story. story. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. All right, fun fact number seven. The song If I Never Knew You, which is heard over the ending credits, mm-hmm. um, was cut after children in the test audiences found it boring. So it was in the film and then test audiences didn't like it. Um, yeah. Ironically, the adults in the test audiences felt the song was too depressing. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the time, it was almost fully animated with the exception of colour. The unfinished sequence was shown in ABC's 1998 airing of this movie. So it was um, it was shown. And for the 10th anniversary DVD release, the animation was completed and the song was put back into the movie, as well as a short reprise in the final scene. Wait, so, so in the actual run of the movie, they put so it in? For the 10th anniversary DVD release, wow. they put mm. it in there. I suppose it's like, you know, Human again in Beauty and the Beast? Mm. So that's not in there, the theatrical yeah. version, but they popped it in later as a little sneaky... Sneaky extra bit. Yeah. And last one, fun fact. Last one, fun fact number eight. All of the actors and actresses recorded their dialogue separately and they did not meet each other until the premiere. Mel Gibson Mm. was absent from the film's premiere because he attended the premiere of Braveheart, which was also 1995, overseas (laughs) at the time. And as of 2019, Irene Bedard, who plays Pocahontas, has not met him in person. Really? (laughs) Oh, that just blows my mind. We've talked about that a couple of times with movies, how... These actors, you know, don't these voice actors don't meet necessarily. There's a lot of them that don't actually know each other, yet they sort of star in movies together. Well, it's we crazy. saw recently, um, just not Disney related, um, but on uh, I think it was Fallon. I think it was Jimmy Fallon. They had um, Bandit and Chili from Bluey, the voice actors that do the the voices of Bluey, yeah. uh, the Bluey parents. That's right. And they had them, uh, them on there. And that was the first time that they had ever met in person in yeah. the green room before they came out because they record their dialogue in separate places. Well, Incredible. amazing that I've met Irene, but Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> really? Have you met her? I have. I met her at a signing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. Actually, I met her at the signing. Is she beautiful? Because her voice sounds so beautiful. I didn't Google what she looks like. Well, I'm I'm really embarrassed to say this, but when I met her at the signing, it was amongst a group of actually reality TV contestants. (laughs) I think she just happens to uh, live in the same city, so they bring her in. Yeah. And it wasn't until after I got the signature that I realised who she was. Yeah. And I went, oh, my gosh. 
That's a big question. <laughs> oh my gosh, what just happened? And I saw her later at a at an, a, a party at mm-hmm. an event, and I walked up to her and I'm like, I am so sorry. Pocahontas is my very favorite film. Did you like, cry? Oh, like, I didn't cry. Because but... if I met Jodie Benson, I would melt down. I don't even know what I'm talking. I wouldn't be able to talk to her. I would just hug her and sob. And I, I, I look, I didn't cry. I probably could have, but I think I was more mortified that in that first interaction, I didn't know who she was. You didn't tell her that she was your favorite princess and what an impact she's made on your life. And I'm like, I need to find her and I need to tell her. So How lucky that you got to remedy that. Exactly. Imagine if you hadn't, you'd be living the rest of your life just like tossing and turning every night going, oh my God, I I didn't. I wouldn't get out of bed. No. (laughs) Could not live with yourself. No. (laughs) All right. Did you want to add anything, Brett, before we... we... Yeah. Did we talk about the origin of Pocahontas? What do you mean? Her backstory? Going up? (laughs) (laughs) So Pocahontas' real name was Mataoka. Yeah. Pocahontas was was just a nickname and it can um, variously be translated into Little Wonton, Playful One, Little Brat, or The Naughty One. (laughs) Oh. Fits. Pocahontas was around 10 or 11 at the time John Smith arrived in Virginia. It, with the Virginia Company in 1607, mm. in contrast to her portrayal as a young adult in the film. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why in the true story they wouldn't have been a romantic no. interest because they were completely different age groups. Yeah, and I think um, that they sort of pick that up a little bit in the in the sequel mm. where she goes, Pocahontas in the new world, because yeah. that's a romantic, lovely story <laughs> we want to be telling, um, that she marries. So John Rolfe, who she marries in that... Um, the love interest in that movie is the man that she married and went to went to England with yeah. in reality. But I reckon that's probably one of the reasons why you're looking at your yeah, 54% on Rotten Tomatoes is because when you make a movie about a real-life yeah. event mm. and you glamorise and... And gloss over things. Uh, you know, romanticise. Yeah. Especially of... when you're talking about... If Genocide? You're, if, if, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, but yes, but if, yeah. you're t- if you're telling a story of another culture, Absolutely. which, yeah. they, you know, I'm yeah, confident that Disney were doing, yeah. you know, that the moment you start glossing over their history, it's it's almost uh, like kicking them in the butt a bit. Yeah. You, know. you, you want to be sensitive to people's history, but I think what Disney did instead took it as an opportunity to uh, do what I have kind of on the rewatch realised is this is Disney's West Side Story. <laughs> yeah. you know, and in yeah. turn, it's Disney's Romeo and Juliet. It's Romeo and Juliet, yeah. Mm. And even to play into the ages of the characters. I'm like, yeah. first of all, we see this love story on this screen. They've known each other for, what, two days? Yeah, it's like... I said to, I said to Brett, I'm like, John Smith is the least likeable... Disney yeah. romantic interest. I've he has no charisma. He's like a There's a, no real there's redeeming nothing. qualities. I, I cannot no. think why this majestic creature and like mm. how, this free spirited, independent woman is all of a sudden smitten. She looks know, at this just, guy, this guy and she's got Cocoam back in her village. Yeah. Look, look, I, I'm not going <laughs> to defend Cocoam. <laughs> Cocoam, who's been to all the auditions and he's worked his way up to the top and he <laughs> he was in the chorus and. <laughs> Okay, that was rude. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think it speaks on the male characters in this movie. Like, I 
I connect. I, as a young boy, connected mm-hmm. with the female lead. Mm. Yeah. You know, I didn't look. Even you know, I probably had crushes on the male characters yeah. in other Disney films. There was no appeal to John Smith. No. I was not no. looking at this man being like, he is so strong, he is so handsome. None of that. No. At what I did see on the rewatch was him be like, oh, so, well, you wouldn't understand. And she's like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, gaslighting much? What yep. is yeah. this? Yeah. And yeah. then this beautiful... You don't know that you want this. Right. This is better. Our way of doing this is better. You don't even know. You don't know what's good. And it's, it's so funny because I think at the time, having a song about Pocahontas being able to share, I'm going to say share because it's a nice way to put yeah. it, her perspective with this man mm-hmm. who thinks that he knows the right way about things and then mm. to, at the end of the song have him be like there is actually no verbalizing it but he yeah. he understands her side of it yeah now i think that was at the time a way of people being able to appreciate a woman's perspective mm-hmm. and also a woman of color yeah you know mm. to say that she has lived experiences that are maybe worth while to another person to be able to appreciate. Yeah. And I think that that's something that, you know, at the core of this film, I feel like there are certain values that as a person of colour, I was able to appreciate from a very young age subconsciously. Yeah. So not even to speak on this as a, you know, 33-year-old man who has investigated this film. (laughs) I was a kid who was the child of a brown woman and a white man, Mm -hmm. and I was able to see a form of representation on screen that w- that I could connect to yeah. for the first time. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's yes there are things that are problematic about this film, but there are takeaways from it mm-hmm. that I think are worth acknowledging. Mm. Because even even something like West Side Story at the time that it was released, you know, to think of those two cultures and those two communities, you know, existing in America and claiming mm. their space and and you know, the love story there, which again, known each other for two days. Mm. It's, you know, it's that thing of being able to just be taken, like taken by someone. Yeah. And just to see somebody who is not like you and go, I want to know more about you. You know yeah. what? It's just really lucky that they could both speak English. <laughs> like, That's the real Disney magic. What would, <laughs> what would they have done if they both spoke different languages and couldn't communicate? Like, now, sorry, I'm re- being facetious. No, but on the rewatch, that was the moment that I yeah. literally rolled my eyes and I went, oh dear. Because she starts speaking in her native language right. and, and then, then all of a sudden slips into English like she's been. I understand why they've done it that way. It's harder to tell sure. a story when you're t- speaking two different languages, but I was... Do you know what I wrote down? What did you write down? <laughs> I wrote down that um, I think she went to the same school as Tarzan. Yeah, <laughs> same English school as Tarzan. Because the same thing happened. Uh-huh. But at least yeah, we actively that... saw Jane teaching him that's to speak right. English. Yeah, that's true. She met John Smith and all of a sudden she's fluent in English. Yeah. And as is everyone else in the village because he goes and talks to them too. Like, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the interesting thing. I I do remember a moment where Thomas goes up to Pocahontas and says something and she just kind of touches him on the shoulder and keeps walking. And I'm like, yeah, because bitch has no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet boy. (laughs) Exactly. Bless your heart. It's just like a a tap on the head and just keeps walking. (laughs) And I I did recognise that moment and I was like, I think there are these little undertone moments of where she's just kind of like, does she understand them or is she just kind of existing with them? Yeah. Mm. And Thomas is probably the most sympathetic character throughout the whole thing. He's like, he, f- he feels like, how old do you think Thomas is? Newly oh, 18? 
not even that. Not even. 16. Well, are they? I don't know how old they were to be able to go on the ships back then. Oh, yeah. Young, because it's young. his, but Very, it's his yeah, mum and dad at the. It's his mum yeah. and dad at the the um, set off of this expedition who are saying goodbye to him. Yes. It's his mum, dad, and his like little Baby. sibling. Yeah, um, that are that are seeing him off with his little slouch hat. Who Christian Bale voices um, oh. Thomas in his mm. first ever adult like movie role. Wow. Say, so, you know, adults because he's not on screen, but it's, yeah. yeah, it's his voice. And now that you know that it's Christian Bale, yeah. when you hear it, you'll go, oh, yeah, of course it's Christian Bale. Right. But he doesn't sound like this. So it's yeah. hard it to say. Like- it is hard yeah. to tell. But um, yes, it's Christian Bale. But uh, I think that, that that opening scene, I think it's what how interesting to start the movie of Pocahontas without Pocahontas of yeah. um, the song Virginia Company. And, mm. and I don't remember. Because I don't know if you do the same thing, but we watch everything with subtitles. No. No, okay. <laughs> we watch everything with subtitles. So I've never really listened or paid much attention to that song. Mm. But the lyrics of that song are really interesting, Narrative. you know, um, setting it up. But it's all sang in such a, a jovial sort of upbeat way, like mm. a sea shanty mm. that, um, you know, it's just a bit... It makes their intentions pretty clear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even to the point that it says... And we'll all be rich and free, or so we have been told. Yeah. You know, it's just kind yeah. of this like undertone of like, we're kind of going in blindly yeah. and we're just going off of one other person's word, but yeah. we say it's so cheery that are we the naive ones? Like, yeah. you know, and not yeah. to say that anybody has to be naive in this circumstance, but it's, you know, uh, Sea Shanty, I guess. A yeah. lot of time can be that. Yeah, and so another one of I've just googled the lyrics. Um, so another one of the lyrics that I thought was really interesting was with a nugget for my Winnie and another one for me, and the rest will go to the Virginia Company. Right. Like, yes. you know, we're 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 doing this for for the Virginia Company. Yeah, and it's um the the Americans. Well, it sort of it was sort of you know, obviously came out of England. Like yes, these literally people yes. came out of England, but you know it was. That's the word I'm looking for. One of their frontier kind of strategies were, as a company, they would get these men together and they would work them, you know, day in, day out, and they'd make a reasonable amount of money. But then basically all their provisions and stuff were provided for them by the company, Mm. the company's store. Mm -hmm. And so... Basically, all their Charged money them through the nose. Yeah, for they it. did, yeah. and so all their money was basically going back into the company's store. So they were never really able to become independent yeah. of the company. Mm. They were basically like, you know, indentured servants. So they were getting just enough money to live, maybe have a family, yeah. but they could never leave. <laughs> and so that's what I get from these guys as well: is that they're kind of stuck there. They've got to go along with this plan to, try, you know, with the governor to try and get rich. But there's no guarantees. And they were away for... Did they say that they were travelling on that ship for four months? Months, yeah. And that was just in one direction. Mm-hmm. And that's and then the time they spend there and then heading back, like they'd be gone yeah. for a year at a time. Absolutely. Oh, you know? longer. Yeah. 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 And so, like... They that's... may not have even been planning to go back, you know, like it was just about going and conquering. Setting and... stuff up yeah. and then the family will come and join And that's the first thing the governor does is he gets he starts cutting down trees, build mm. a fort. We want to establish no, no, no. this place. The governor doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> the governor does nothing. Sorry. Yeah, no, you are right. And his little sidekick. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 just a really interesting way I think to to start it um, before you get the the sweeping views of Pocahontas's land and her up on the cliff and that stunning opening shot of her oh. with the with the breeze 
blowing through her hair. Yeah. And the wind is really a, a character in this movie, the way that it interacts and mm. blows the, the leaves and the flowers mm. and all that sort of stuff through us, like the spirit of the wind that's communicating, much like Moana and the spirit of the water. It's, well, yeah. even then, to speak to that, there is such a contrast between what the people... You know the the Indian community, uh, yeah. the indigenous community yeah. of the Pocahontas people, and what we experience from the people from you know, England, London, Britain. Yeah. yeah, you know they're all. It's so sad, and they're saying goodbye, and then we see that storm, yeah. and you know yeah. Thomas falls in the water, yeah. and it's this really heavy thing. But then we have this 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 theme where the Pocahontas name comes up and we just pan into this beautiful country with these, you know, sweet-mannered people and, and mm. families. And it's just the, the cultures. Like, yeah. you can really see um, the way that they've kind of expressed it is, you know, the people of Pocahontas land. Like, they, they kind of pay a respect in saying that they're these meek and mild. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to kind of Peaceful. Peaceful, yeah. yeah peaceful. But not always because they... The chief, when the chief comes back with Kokoum and the other warriors, they have just won a battle mm, against right. another group, another tribe, tribe. Um, yeah. somewhere else. They do the the mass the Massacoans or something. They they do mention the name because I remember mm. it coming up in the subtitles. I didn't write it down, but they they do mention that they have just they have just fought and they have just won. So they mm. are returning from battle as heroes, warriors, and winners. Mm. But. Mm. What I found was really interesting is what they showed early on was that that Indian tribe was, they were farmers. They had like mm, farms set up with yeah. the, yeah, corn the corn and, and other mm-hmm. crops, right? Which I that caught my attention because I'm interested in that historical ac- accuracy, whether that was how they worked with the land or whether, oh, right. whether that's kind of a, just a illustration to try and like was it that did it look like that was yeah. it that kind of like expansive it, it had a very western of, look about the way of the farming fields, that i yeah. don't know that that's how they would have done it but i could be wrong but i just found that was really interesting but what i want to say as well you mentioned dion about thomas falling in the water mm. and we've talked about john smith and how he's got no redeeming qualities he did jump off the back of that ship at his own peril to jump in the water (laughs) (laughs) to jump in the water to save Thomas and so it's good for something yeah I think I think we do get there's little elements where we go like this guy he does care for people he jumped in the water with armour on like don't be an idiot he had a rope yeah, he tied yeah. a rope around him and he jumped. It's going to be really heavy when he gets in that water. But, it, but, <laughs> but the thing was, somebody called for him and he just like yeah. just spiraled down that Galilee, oh, yeah. <laughs> It was just so like tongue in shit. Like of all of them, they oh, were just oh. like, oh, he'll do it. <laughs> yeah. you know, he'll be stupid enough to... Oh, well, actually, it was Thomas that called for him. Probably. Yeah, it so, was. Okay, yeah. subtext. Behind the scenes... Does Thomas have a bit of a thing for John Smith? Absolutely. Probably. <laughs> right. Like, bit of a crush. Well, a man like, crush. It's like, I want to be him or do I want to be with him? I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm 100% convinced that Nakoma's got a thing for Pocahontas. That, oh, that yeah. scene at the start where they're in the boat and the yes. boat flips, I'm like, I'm it's sorry. A, there's something going on between the film, you two. What's the film with um, Nev Campbell? 
with her in the water. Cool intention. No, 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 no. wild things. Then it's kind of like that with their it's head like Denise kind of Richards like, yes! and then Campbell. It's like that kind of thing where it's like that's like now that you say that, I can kind of see that. That moment. first scene, I'm just like, oh wow, is there's it, tension. Is that this one here. There's yeah, there yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. so much. Sorry, we're more... looking at a picture on Maybe the screen. Maybe this movie speaks to me a lot more than I even realized. <laughs> there is at so the time. much more oh, chemistry between Pocahontas yeah. and Nakoma than there is between Pocahontas and John Smith. They have no yeah. chemistry, and nothing. And obviously Pocahontas and Coco. Yeah. Like, there is that kind of thing. Because, I mean, if we're going to go, like, jump to the end, like... Yeah, jump around. Like, it's okay. Well, Nakoma is the one that's like, I sent him because yeah. I wanted to make sure that you were okay. Because she's because the I'm one in who love loves with her. you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 100%. But, and, but then that also speaks to the, the again, the correlation between that and... Um, uh, West Side Story. Yeah. You know, the whole, the, the death in the in the family and the pitting them against each other, but please still meet me in secret. Yeah, and... a plague on both your houses. It's the right. Romeo and Juliet mm. thing too. Yes. Yeah. So it is that whole thing where the coma does play that role of, I was just trying to do something good, but I ended up doing something bad. Yeah. Um, and then, so obviously there's the Thomas and John Smith thing. And you're right, he is wearing armor. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> looking at him, I'm like, and here that stupid metal hat. <laughs> and it's just like, what is that going to do? Like, come yeah. on now. And, like, to be fair, it does. Is it him that's wearing it when the arrow comes in and kind of bounces off? Oh, yeah. probably. Um, or is that, look, it's someone in the film. Someone is like, wearing oh, well, a metal that's hat. That's what that does. That's why they had to animate that metal hat for this one specific yeah. animation scene. <laughs> While I'm on the train of thought, we, yeah. we've spoken about the opening of this film. And I want to speak on it from an outsider's perspective. Yeah. This is a movie that highlights an indigenous community, and the lead is, you know, an indigenous princess. Yeah. yeah. Now, I do think that. Up until this time, the movies were really geared towards young white girls. Mm. Yes. And so so. to have a film, I I think there was a fear that it wasn't going to attract that audience. And it starts with white people, you know, waiting to... But a lot of white women crying for their husbands, and we never see another white woman. No, we don't. No, we don't. But... They don't take a single woman with them on their journey across the other side of the world. And it's just like, maybe that's more... Homoerotic subtext. Um, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe they just did it. But but what I was gonna say is that I'm fascinated because to me it's usually the feminine characters that I really connect to, mm-hmm. and I think mm. their way of representing a white woman on this film was Wiggins. Which Absolutely. is Ratcliffe. He's the MVP. Yeah, <laughs> he's great. And he's so funny. He just, oh, he's just brilliant. Who, who does the voice for that? I'm not sure. Because I feel like sure. I, I recognise it. He sounded a bit like Stewie from Family I'll Guy. I'll have a look. I'll look it up as you're talking. David, David Hodgins or something? You, you uh, have a look. Yeah, I'll have a look. Um, but yeah, so what I was what I was thinking is that, yes. David Hodgins, wasn't he from um, Frasier? He might have... The friend on Frasier? No, that's someone different. Oh. Uh, um, yeah. Hang on. It's okay. I'm just... Just I'm give me know. one second. Who was the guy that did... Maybe that did shy, Sideshow oh. Mel? David Odgens is Ratcliffe. Oh. So Wiggins oh. is... Oh, but this is this one says differently. This one says David Odgens steers. Yeah, that's Ratcliffe. Oh. I'm on... Well, then Wiki's wrong. I'm on, Wiki, I'm on IMDb. Okay. So I trust IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. 
I Although he does both, Ratcliffe and Wiggins. You're right. Oh, wow. Yeah, so David Steers does Ratcliffe's voice and he does Wiggins' voice. That's why we were That's both right. That's actually a really fascinating, <laughs> like, like, fun fact. Like, he's doing conversations with himself. But they're such different characters. Brilliant, mm. yeah. And, like, that just, for me as an actor, I'm like, deranged, you know? Because <laughs> obviously Ratcliffe is also quite effeminate. So, for those of you who are not... Um, are familiar with David Ogensteers. He plays Major Charles Winchester in MASH. Mm. So he's quite a well-known actor. He does Ratcliffe and Wiggins' voice. He does Jumba's voice in Lilo and Stitch as well. Oh, yeah. And in Beauty and the Beast, he does Cogsworth. Ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. That's why he's familiar. Yeah, that's why he's familiar. But could, could just think about all those different voices. Yeah. I would yeah. not have picked that the same person. Even the Lilo and Stitch. I was yeah. like, that one is like, oh, okay. Yeah, so he... Because um, he's a bit of a... I don't want to say he's a villain in that. Like, he's just trying to get he's just bitch. He's just really trying to and sort stuff out. Yeah, <laughs> fed up, as yeah. it would be. But that's, no, that's really fascinating because I do think that Radcliffe does have this air about him that is quite, you know, I don't want to, like, I keep using the term effeminate because it is just kind of the, the, the qualities that he, like, he's a bit precious and he's yeah. this and that which is stereotypically attached to a more effeminate uh, yeah. nature about a, of, of a person um so in saying this i do think that the film wanted to highlight those kinds of energies to appeal to a female audience mm-hmm. um because it is a male dominated cast absolutely there's two feet three yeah. three if you count the tree right. there's, uh, <laughs> there's two female characters in the movie and can can we please address grandmother willow yeah which in my eyes is mvp absolutely because i okay so there is something about grandmother willow that as a, as a brown person mm-hmm. having a a grandmother type who just kind of speaks on just eh, hands up in the air, yeah. <laughs> just kind of go to the pantry, just kind of like works it out, does it themselves. Like there's something about Grandmother Willow, like even just the moment of like, um, he's so smart and handsome too. Yeah. Like it's, it's that moment of like even the grandmother in Mulan. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of like, it, it, it does feel like the... Um, the the voice of reason but also like talks to the the feelings the heart mm-hmm. the the yeah, desires yeah. that yeah. may not be the things to steer you in the right direction but they're they're there yep you know yeah follow yeah. follow your intuition and your heart yeah, well, yeah. I, can yeah. i make a point of saying that pocahontas is the fourth disney princess just in the renaissance period without a mother yeah huh. and just with her dad ariel yeah yeah dad no mum yeah. Belle. Yep. Dad, no mum. Mm. Jasmine, dad, no mum. Yep. Pocahontas, dad, no mum. Yeah. Mulan has a mum, but we don't spend That's much time her. with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, so it's, so it's there's just a formula interesting. There. There, there is definitely a formula of strong female characters. But just on the point of Pocahontas, mm. what I think was really interesting that you pointed out was that Disney princess movies have traditionally been geared towards um, little girls. Mm. Pocahontas isn't a girl. She's a woman. Right. And the way she's drawn... And the way, like, yeah. all I keep thinking when I see her is she's so tall and mm. beautiful and she's definitely... Uh, well, that too, but <laughs> yeah. she's she's a... But yeah, like, for Disney... She's yeah, a yeah. woman, yeah. whereas yeah. all these other princesses, Jasmine, 16, Ariel, 16, Belle, possibly slightly older, 17, but this is, like, a <laughs> 17, 18, but this is... She's a woman. She's She would be in her early 20s. You think? And that's... I would, I would say so. I get a very... 
I, I get a teenager energy. Yep. Okay. I don't get a visual, yep. but I do get an energy of a teenager. Okay. Just, in the t- just due to context, because of the whole, where is my daughter? Mm. Oh, she's she's up in a tree somewhere. You know, and it, that does feel like a quality, because I'm going to make an assumption here that the women in the tribes would have been having kids by 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact that they're ready to marry her, I'd say in my mind that speaks to 15, 16. Yeah, okay, but that's vis- interesting. But visually, and I'll agree with you, yeah. as a kid I very much saw her as an adult. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... We have the the tried and true trope as we go through, like, time to take your place among your people. Mm. But, Father, what if I choose a different path? (laughs) And it's just absolutely 100% Moana. Like, Mm. time to take your place. I want a different path. Grandmother Willow, Grandma Tala, um, sort of not actually a person, Mm. but a a, a grandmotherly figure that's going to guide you through. That um, guide you through. That process of working out what it is you want to do. Yeah, just around the river bend, how far I'll go. You know, it's Mm. it's just the... And it's really, I thought it was really interesting there, the very, very, very clear metaphor, literally the beautiful river on the left-hand side, very straight, easy waters mm. flowing nicely. Or the right hand rapids. was like curvy, rocky, uncertain mm. rapids. Yeah. And um, and she chooses to go down the unknown. She chooses yes. the, the right-hand side. Well, here's the thing. So I'm going to bring myself into the equation. Do it. Yeah. Well, I was raised by this film. Yeah. And my life is... Anything but straight and narrow and calm and smooth. And you did not marry Coco One. <laughs> I did not marry Coco One. As handsome as he is, I was like, nah, not happening. But it, it. I think this movie as like it kind of locked itself in my brain somewhere. Are you having a moment now where you've no. just gone, hang on a minute? Well, I mean, I've, I've been having these yeah, moments. Absolutely. You know, after doing the rewatch, I was like, wait a second. There's probably a, a level of this film that that I've, I've kind of retained on a subconscious level, which is... And, and here's the thing. I watch films and I listen to songs and I don't listen to the words, yeah. right? I take on the feelings. Sure. And and so people will often say to me, oh, but I, what about this and what about that? And I'm like, I haven't actually factored that in. I'm just going off of the Divine. crescendo in the song, mm-hmm. which spoke to me. And they're like, but the lyrics are terrible. I'm like, it was the music. Like, I wasn't even listening to the words. So for me, like... This film potentially was the crescendo. You know, it, yeah. it, it was the thing that spoke to me on the sense of like, get out there, see the world, like, don't lock yourself down. Mm. The difference being that I would have probably got on that ship. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that to speak to the real Pocahontas, I believe that she did. Yeah, you know? she, she did. Yeah, she did. Oh, actually, I, look, it's not with, hard. Not with him, though. Not with him, no. It, it's hard. I think historically there's different accounts of whether she went willingly. Or went later. Or she went She went later, oh, whether willingly. she went willingly or whether she was taken. Mm. Sort of, ki- yeah. like, whether she was, you know, kidnapped, Souvenir. essentially. Well, or no, taken. That's, a co- well, yeah, that's well, it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love how when the English arrive, the Native Americans have clocked them and are meeting about them and everything, and the the white people have no idea what's going on. They're mm. just like, oh, maybe we'll come here, and they've they've already having like talks mm. about them. And I love the well, I don't love it. It's it's horribly sad because mm. you know how all of this is going to go. But um, I Chief Powhatan says. Um, 
I just hope they do not plan to stay. And then you see that flag yeah. come down and yeah. Governor Ratcliffe claims the, the land in the name of um, Britain. Britain and yeah. King George or James or whoever. It was James, of course, because yeah. Jamestown. King James. Mm. Um, and I did some, some Googling. So I'm like, I don't actually know where this is because if it's not New York or like Florida or LA or Texas, I don't actually know where it goes on the map. Mm. Um, so Jamestown was the first permanent English settlement in Virginia, obviously okay. the Virginia yeah. company. Yeah, so that's, that's right. for those of you who like don't know, no, uh, because I didn't. I had to Google it. It's yeah, on the, yeah. the east coast, yeah. about halfway down. Yeah, um, is it's, where Virginia is. It's a bus ride from New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's 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 not too the far. Smithsonian, and it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty close to DC. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, about halfway down well, on the east coast. Oh, yeah. Smithsonian is DC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's sort of about where it is um, on the coast, obviously. And Ratcliffe wants gold, and he's like, they get off that boat, and he's like, guys, grab your shovel, start digging. Mm. And he sings his um, villain song of mine, yeah. which is such a brilliant. Oh, the double meaning of the word as they sing it, mm. and as they is just because he's singing about mine, and I want it to be mine. It's going to be my gold, mine, mine, mine. And then the the double meaning of we're mining for yeah. the gold yeah. is just it's just brilliant the way that it's, it's, it's a great song bloody I, alan menken yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> genius probably it's it's up there as my favorite disney song yeah it's brilliant like, it, it was a song as a kid that i could just play on repeat i wrote in and great choreography as well so yeah. it was it was yeah it was yeah. um musical it was number. a musical number like a theater yeah. theater show it's been impressive. I don't know if you remember this, Brett, but um, in 2018, I think, January 2018, Brett and I went to Bali. And in Bali, there is a Harry Potter cafe. Mm-hmm. This is going to become relevant in a minute. Um, where you go and it's all decorated like Harry Potter. It's like a pub, the Hogwarts pub or whatever. Yeah. And I'm sure it's not licensed by J.K. Rowling, but, <laughs> you know, it's great. And we didn't they care. do like no. a stage show and they, you know, mm-hmm. have drinks and food and stuff. And one of the, the songs was all of the Harry Potter characters in robes on stage, lip syncing and dancing to this song, mine. And it was such a strange thing because it's always stuck out in my memory. And if you've been to the, you know, the Hogwarts pub or cafe, whatever it's called in um, Kuda in Bali. Um, and you've seen this, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it's such a weird thing. The whole it stage show is no sense. zero sense, but they just lip synced and danced to a whole bunch of different songs that, I don't. Yeah, it made no sense in the context. All but it my is life something that search for a land like this one. What land have they searched for? I don't like, think it might even Hogwarts? be Voldemort. Oh, I think it could be Dumbledore. <laughs> that's thinking to this song. I don't know. I don't remember. But I just remember seeing there going. This is weird. Like it's I great mean, though. Yeah. It was so good. So speaking of Harry Potter, I've got something I got to share here. Okay. okay. Um, it'll become relevant in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Will it? <laughs> so, so I my big big question about this movie is. Where is Pocahontas's nose? Where is it? Oh, it's like in like the artistry. In the artistry, yeah. it is like missing from they give her most of like Voldemort. You're right. So <laughs> it's missing from most of the um, the film. Have a look. There we go. We've got a side oh, by no. side. We've got a side I'll by side it, comparison on the, um, up on the screen. I'll put it on the social so of, you can see. of, of um, Pocahontas and Voldemort. And she does. She looks just like him, nose-wise. Uh, I was going to say nose-wise, yes. And it's like everything about her is so perfectly sculptured and beautiful in the animation. Mm. But they choose very deliberately to spend most of the movie without the, the bridge of her nose mm. being uh, rendered, like with lines. 
Um, and it's a really interesting choice. They also do it for her friend as well. Yeah. yeah. All of the men, bridges, noses, no worries. When we see the side profile of her, she does have a clear nose, obviously, because she has a nose, <laughs> and unlike Voldemort. Yes. But when it's the front on view, we usually just see the nostrils, and it's so strange. And I actually wrote it down. At 31 minutes and 10 seconds, yay, we see some nose. <laughs> we see a little bit of bridge. I will say that I think, that I think it speaks to the, uh, the Disney creators differing between a masculine feature and a feminine feature. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the times uh, the, the woman is meant to be petite and and kind of like Fair. no sharp edges, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. or and delicate and, features, right? Yeah. And I think that they really tried to kind of like capitalize on that. Again, I want to say to appeal to a certain audience, mm. you know, which is like we know more now and all that kind of stuff. But I do think it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's trying to, like, soften her features to make her more acceptable. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because stylistically this movie has come off the backs of, um, you know, Aladdin and, uh, you know, Hunchback and mm. these Little Mermaid and these movies, even Lion King, which is coming at the same time, these very sort of round cute mm, sort yeah. of stylistic way of very cartoony way yeah. of animating yeah. and this movie stylistically really throws back to that really angular way of um animating things such um uh sleeping beauty very similar yeah. to this yeah. with the that angular the angles the mm. that style of animation um 101 Dalmatians, yeah. same thing. So it, this movie definitely does stand out just purely from an animation yeah. um, viewpoint. Jungle and it's, Book as well. Yeah, Jungle Book too. Yeah. And it's probably it's definitely one of the most uh, beautiful in terms of just like colour palettes yeah, colour and the schemes, way that they use colour. Scenery, yeah. yeah. And I wrote down that too, that all the different cam- camera angles, you know, let's call it that, yeah. you know, the fr- it's the framing of the shots they they do it so well. There's so many different ways where they set the characters in the scene. You know, there's viewpoints from above, there's bird's eyes views, mm-hmm. there's down low, there's all sorts depending on what's going on. And in fact, in any one scene, there's many multiples of it. And it's really impressive that they've made such an effort to, to have those different perspectives. Well, can we speak on the perspectives that we see in the sequence of uh, Colors of the Wind. Mm. Like, we see a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even just to um, have them laying on this, like, little island that then pans out to become, like, the eagle's eye that yeah. then, you know, becomes their faces. And it mm. was really artistically... Yeah. They took a lot of liberties, considering it was something that was supposed to be more realistic mm-hmm. in the mm. world of Disney. They, like, especially in that sequence, because, I mean, that song is just... That's Everybody it. knows that song. Absolutely, it mm. was the song of the time. It really, I think, the movie was as successful as it is because of that song. They yeah. actually released this song um, a year before the movie came out to create buzz. They animated the song and they released it as almost like a teaser wow. to wow. to draw. And they did it with another. I read about did when they I do, was researching. Did they do they, like a video clip? Yeah. yeah, and they did the same thing with. With another movie, you know what? Come back to me on that, and I'll I'll talk a bit more about that if you guys want to talk a bit more about the the animation of it because I do have something to say about that. Yeah, I only just said it was you know it's out, outstanding. I think if you take it back, if we go back to Ma, Ma, um, Mulan, yeah. um, <laughs> not Moana, it's, it's, yeah. it's the eyes. I don't know. It um, 
But um, if you take it back to Pocahontas there, we can really see, um, yeah, like you said, angular. It's like very clear jawline, very clear lips. Um, the eyes, they're so piercing. piercing yeah. Eyebrows and everything. So it's all very detailed and precise, but they just choose to leave the nose out. Yeah. And I, Only I just, when she's front on. It's just interesting the way they Yes, but it. like this... But I guess that also too, because a lot of a lot of the colours of their face is very flat as well. well if you notice, throughout. I'll even speak yeah. to the question of with all of the princesses, they they did appeal to the. Well, I mean, does Snow White have a nose? No. Yeah, no, she doesn't. So I do think it has more to do with because I was gonna even speak on that whether it was stuff. not to give her a. Like a Western nose, do you mm. know what I mean? Like I think, like let's just not it'd give be, her one. It'd be tricky, I reckon. But to it, is what's is the word I'm looking for? Racial, like that. It's you know that there's features that are characterised particular well, races. Well, we see it a lot more in the modern yeah. ones now. Like to see the characters. Like if you look at Moana, they and Encanto, yeah. very very much so. Yeah, it's, they, I think they've got the technology and potentially the the education and the information to kind to of do it justice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So without I, without being a, a caricature. Yes. Yeah. Because that's that, the risk you you run exactly. Yeah. So I think that, but even like to speak on Snow White being that same princess thing, I mm. think that that speaks to the delicate features, mm. and I think it is one of those things that even though Pocahontas is this for, I mean, all intensive purposes, she's a tomboy. Yeah, you know, she's I don't even know if I use that term correctly, um, but she is a tomboy. She is this rough, ex- like rough in execution that they wanted to potentially give her more delicate features yeah. to kind of bring her back to being. Um, desirable, mm. you know, and, mm. and attractive. Yep. So, yeah, no, it is It is very interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I love the part in Colours of the Wind. Because it's, like, it's not really a great deal of shading. They just sort of block colours of animation in the characters to that sort of when she turns and the wind whips around her and you turn into this almost watercolour sketchbook. Yes, mm. Yeah, it's just, it's just beautiful. absolutely yeah, beautiful. Yeah, there, there's, that, there's that magical kind of... It's almost like Disney... Um, the fairy godmother's um, sprinkling of fairy dust or whatever, the magical dust, but yeah. it's but it's leaves blowing in the wind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of has that same uh, movement effect. I found yeah. the information I was looking for. Lion King was released before Pocahontas. Yep. Um, and even though they were working on it at the same time, Lion King was finished earlier. So that had, like, a lot. That, that was a hit really quick. Mm. And that went gangbusters really early and to it try went and, viral it went before viral. viral was a thing <laughs> and to try and replicate that that promotional buzz that happened with lion king they released colors of the wind in november 94 so this movie didn't come out until june 95 but they released the song to accompany um the re the theatrical re-release of the lion king mm-hmm. so the lion king finished its theatrical run and then it was re-released because it was such a such a popular movie um and then yeah they released the Colours of the Wind song at the same time to accompany that. I don't know if they played it at the same time, but I actually don't even know that they animated it, but they, they did release the song earlier than the movie yeah. came out. So, yes. They buzz off your last film. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. And mm. Can you imagine? They were just putting out hit after hit after yeah. hit. They could not lose at yeah. this point, except, you know, they well, had a... I mean, Elton John, Circle of Life. Amazing. Like, yeah. 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 They yeah. had some huge hits with yeah. their Disney films. So I'm just going to talk quickly about the the walking red flag that is John Smith. Oh, because yes. I have three points. Three yeah, clear definitely. points 
Point number one. I was going to say, so does Pocahontas. She tries. <laughs> she tries to leave, right? Yep. He says, "No, I'm not letting you leave." Oh yeah. No, Walking yep. red flag number one. Mm. That's point number one. <laughs> yeah. Col- then they sing "Colors of the Wind," mm-hmm. right? Because she tries to leave, and they sing "Colors of the Wind." Then he, she tries to leave a second time. He literally holds her, grabs her arm, and holds her there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Red strike two, John yeah. Smith. Mm-hmm. Strike yeah. three for me mm-hmm. was later. He can't, Flit goes diving towards him. He holds up a cracker. <laughs> Flit goes into the cracker, into the biscuit. When he's like, he's feeding him to Miko at the time. Yep. Flit flows into the biscuit. This is Pocahontas' friend, mm-hmm. and he just chucks Tosses him away. Just Tosses, Tosses him away, and I'm like, John Smith, that's your third strike. You're out. I'm done with you. Is this you. the raccoon? No, it's no. Me. Flit's the, the hummingbird. Ah, oh, the f- Miko's okay. the Miko's so he's cruel to animals. He's cruel to yeah. animals. He's literally halted. That was the holding her yeah, that I was yeah. just like, no. excuse me, let her go. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Who do you? And then one of my points that I wrote was down it? was white people are so arrogant. <laughs> like, so arrogant. And it's just horrific. Like, they're shooting at them. And I just, yeah, I just so I here's hate the, guns. Here's the thing. So I, I'm I just like, it's just awful. There, there's, Horrible. you know, obviously a lot of American history around, you know, the frontier wars, uh, use quotation marks there, you know, and the way that they invaded Indian territory and. And I th- feel like, you know, there's a point there where the natives are spying on the camp and then the guys just start shooting at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I wrote down, very them. British, you know, yeah. and it was that colonising thing. I feel like that that's a kind of way of suggesting to the audience that that the, the, the Indians were there peacefully and mm. that when the British came in, they didn't have much problem with unleashing violence yeah. on them yeah, and uh, think- as a way to control them and a way to get get what they want mm-hmm. and I feel like you know obviously in you know it's that it, 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 we can see references to it there but then they're, they're obviously not going to illustrate the full history of what would have occurred in those places but they did express know. it in the form of you know Thomas watching John Smith run out of their area mm. and Ratcliffe pushes him out and says you know, follow him yep. and throws him a gun and says, if you see an Indian, shoot them on sight. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was just, it was so verbatim that like it was just like, shoot them. You yeah. see one, shoot them. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we you know, we, we talk a bit from time to time about how the indigenous people of Australia, you know, it was part of the colonising, I guess, system that they, they considered the natives um, part of the flora and fauna, Ugh. you know, so... Yeah, it's. I could see where Disney's kind of making an effort to kind of highlight highlight these mm. things without, at, without the same time, without kind of, oh, what's the word, getting too on the nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that's a... right. It's not. A, they're not there to make a political statement. Right. It's just a, in the context with which this story is taking place. Do you know what I mean? The focus yeah. is meant to be on Pocahontas and story, her yeah. story. But then there's other issues that come into it around around it, and it's like yeah, suggesting, inferring, and all that sort of stuff, and and then some some short things like they shoot them. Yeah. That sort of yeah, to me, like there's some important points there. I think we could recognise as well that this film did not need to be done under the pretense of it being called Pocahontas. This this film did no. not need to be Pocahontas' well, story. It's not the story of Pocahontas. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but it but it it, it could have been pitched of different 
communities having i mean let's it they literally disneyed up a historical event yeah, yeah. absolutely which they tend to do and like yeah. we're not oblivious to this this yeah. is where all the controversy comes controversy comes in you know we don't need the the disney effect on real life events because the real life event is the real life event yeah. and let's let's do it justice i understand that people are not going to be happy with that i fell in love with the story yeah and it's it's the character it's what she what she exudes in who she is as a character it's i i don't even know that i could look at the context of the real pocahontas and feel as attached mm. as i do to the character that i saw on screen you can change mm. the name of this film you can change the name of all the characters you can put it in a different context and have the same dynamics if you will and it will mean the same thing to mm. me as yeah. a kid watching this film yeah. so i as an adult kind of was would like to see this done outside of this historical context yeah because I, I that's where i think moana was really successful in it has been done something it's called romeo and juliet and sure. side story well, <laughs> can i can it i draw done, parallels yeah. with moana though mm. is the way thing that we recognized about moana was that she doesn't have a love interest in it mm. that's not important to her story her tribe aren't trying to fight an invading tribe like John Smith's crew. Yeah, she was just fighting for her community. Mm. And I also feel like with with Pocahontas, if you took out all of the the English uh, stuff, then then there's probably a lot of other stories you could tell about Native Americans Mm -hmm. where they could have trials and troubles and things like that without needing that British storyline in there. Well, I think we got that through the uh, the nonverbal animals. Mm. I really do. I think they were really important to the story to see Percy, this little privileged yeah, pup. Percy and Miko yes. find that. And I, mm. I do think yep. that Miko actually offers more to this story than people realise, yeah. which is, you know, Miko is the one that approaches John Smith yeah. and, and builds that camaraderie and then also is of the playful nature and sees something fun and, like... Miko is a cautionary tale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the it's the um, the nursery rhyme. It's a little red riding hood yeah. and a big bad wolf. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But then also we see the cheeky, playful nature that gets Percy riled up. And then once you see Percy feeling lost and alone, Miko lends a hand to be like, come along, we'll take yeah. care of you. You know, it is really sweet mm. because we couldn't see that being acted out with the humans in the film, yeah. but we got it out of the animals. Yeah. And yeah. It was what we really needed for the for the the people who had that the sensitive approach to what was taking place. They needed that that the the lightness to kind of see the light in the darkness. Yeah. yeah. You know? I think too, yeah, there was more to them uh, than something like Cinderella where there was extended many, many minutes of these uh, mice. mice, clumsy mice, and that, you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff. And we've seen that in a few movies where there's this period in the film, usually early on, uh, where these animals have, like, there's just, it's almost like cat and mouse kind of yeah. games, sort of things going on that don't actually really affect and- the whole, the grand storyline. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily characters. It's almost like comic relief. Yeah to get kids interested in it or something mm-hmm. like that it is while the more adult stuff is going on like mm-hmm. the Cinderella going the prince getting married is the whole point of that you know like yeah. and you know 
uh, in defiance of her, you know, her wicked auntie and her stepsisters. And but those animals, they didn't really. They're not really there to, to do no, anything else than be a bit of no. Anyway, and so at least here we do see that we see that. Yeah, I mean, even like just the the um, Wiggins giving Percy a bath and stuff like that, mm. it just adds to the privilege. You yeah. know, yeah. it just adds to the contextual stuff. Yeah. I think it also gives you that, that moment of those moments of lightheartedness, which are yeah. few and far between in this movie. Um, there's a lot of this is a well, really... John Smith doesn't give us much lightheartedness. <laughs> there's a lot of like violence in mm. this movie. A lot of violence, like um, there's a lot of people that get shot in this movie. So Coco, can we can we talk about the, the invisible bullets and the no blood? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. the so... invisible bullets and the no blood. So Coco- I've got no blood underlined with exclamation marks. The magic bullet. It's a Disney mm. magic bullet. So Cocoam is shot by Thomas mm. um, after he gets sort him of- in the leg, the thigh area. Yeah. Oh, and- no, 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 he no, got, that he sh- was the first shooting earlier on. Yeah. In the- oh, was that's, it? Yeah, that's how Coco. Like, oh, so that was the, that was the spies. Yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah so Coco yeah. was shot by Thomas. And Thomas, geez, Thomas is going to have some trauma from this trip. Mm-hmm. But um, there's no blood. John Smith's captured. You know, oh, this is no, a- he shoots Coco and Coco dies. Yeah, he so dies. Yeah. yeah, he fully dies. And he fully the dies. on the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So he's so Coco is sees Pocahontas and John Smith getting getting it on under yeah. Grandmother Willow because John Smith doesn't her, yeah. respect her and he won't listen to Pocahontas but he'll listen to the tree that's fine <laughs> um, so and he yeah so he sort of charges them and mm. Thomas just happens to be following along and he sees this and he uh, and he does what he's told to do yeah. which is shoot them yeah. he's a threat to John Smith in that moment and I see Thomas's point because he's he's seeing this man who has been told is savage running and he is a threat to John Smith he would have killed him in that moment and yeah. he, he uses his weapon it's not a fair fight as but, a kid you know. Thomas was a bad guy yeah. In my brain, Thomas was a bad guy. Yeah. And on the rewatch, Thomas is not a bad he's guy. He's like the only sympathetic character in the feel, whole yeah. in the whole thing. You feel like yeah. he hasn't he's got much guy. choice. Yeah. You know, of like course. it's And he hasn't got the experience. The I mean oh, he hasn't got the experience to make make those kinds of decisions. But it didn't neither did Nakoma. And I mm. Nakoma was a villain in my eyes too. Yeah. You know, so it's it's what we know now. Yeah. But back then it's just like the simple little things. It's like, oh well they did something bad, they must be a bad person. And mm. when we hear those opening bars of, of Savages, that song oh. Savages, which is like, it gives you goosebumps. It was very, as soon as it started, I'm like, this sounds like, we're not safe until he's dead. He'll go, I was yeah. waiting for the mob yeah. song. Yeah. A video of the, the beast. <laughs> yeah, like, like. But and again, and that's, that's yeah, I mean. Of yeah. Mencken. <laughs> but, no, I so I get it. But like, it is very Lemmers. Like, yeah. it is very. Mm, yeah, Lemmers. That's what I said. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, I. I've thought about Savages. Like, in my adult years, I've thought about this song, and I'm like, this is heavy. Yeah. yeah. This is a lot. You know, the fact that they they parallel the two communities <laughs> with the drums and just kind of like... It, it, it puts a... Uh, what a fierceness a in your ten- body. Yeah. tension. Oh, mm. and it just kind of gets and, the and hairs on your body standing tension up. tension in your body. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, when you have the, the moment in the movie that you're watching and not necessarily pre-conscious, but you're like, everything has happened because it's just been a massive misunderstanding mm. and now something really bad's going to happen because no one will communicate with each other. It's That's like, what, this, is like Romeo and, yeah, this is like Romeo and Juliet when the when the cousins start warring against each yeah. other and it escalates. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Like, and, you know. You know, she yeah. has that line where she, slow motion running through and she sings out the drums of war like yeah. Yeah. 
And that's like that's the moment for me that it's like, ah, Pocahontas. Yeah, she's yeah. like, eagle, help my feet to fly. Oh, uh, God, I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. And yeah. it's like when you put the weight of all of that on her shoulders. Because like, it's, mm. And it's to the to the melody of just around the river bend. So mm. she's she's sort of reprising that feeling yeah. of what which which path am I going to choose? Which, How do, yeah, it, who do I stand with here? And that's a very Les Mis kind yeah. of thing. It's also a very like Lin Manuel Miranda thing to yeah. bring in mm. those things of the past, which is it you know Moana, yeah, you know, and things like that. But it's I look at that scene and I'm like. The song itself is really powerful. I don't think it went long enough, and I don't think we got enough subtext to compare it to like the scene from Mulan. Yeah, you know that mm. that is heavy. You yeah. know, like it's kind of like I really wish there was. They they did kind of I guess music theater it up like mm. like the mine 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 song. It was yeah. you yeah. saw these guys with mine 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 is campy. That's right. what that is, and this yeah. is not that. But we had <laughs> campy guys like kind of like approaching this like. I mean, I shouldn't say that. That's terrible. But it, it, I, I don't think the 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 extremes of what was taking place, because I think what we saw was, oh, they're just gonna cut off his head, yeah. you know. But no, we're we're gonna we're about to have a full out a, war, a war, yeah. We, and we didn't see that, no. like artistically. And I think I think that the we know that in this case there is no way that like they they're going to war, but it's this is not an equal war. No. And we as viewers are watching this, going they don't get it. They're about these these about Native Americans, the Powhatan people are about to go and be killed. Yeah. Like this is not Wiped this out. is not going how you you think it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. No. Like it's and it's horrific. And the lyrics to the the song are so like. They're not like you and me, which means they must be evil. Yeah. Like it's just, mm. and I think that speaks to like the lyrics of Hunchback. It's yeah, it's that kind of yeah. thing that it Man really kind of yeah, it it just kind of like paints it where it's like there's nowhere to hide. Can I this. can I tell yeah. you something? So this is didn't make my fun facts, but it's interesting. So this is the first Disney movie that was censored before it went to the theaters. Ah. So those were not the original lyrics to Savages. Oh, wow. They were worse. So some lyrics that were changed for the movie. Um, as they were viewed, because they were viewed as inappropriate, mm. although they were very authentic to the setting. Sure. Um, so, so they, there was, um, you know, this is from uh, Ratcliffe. What can you expect from filthy little heathens? Their whole disgusting race is like a curse. Um, mm. That was what yeah, they that's... were. That was what it was. Mm. And then it was changed to, what can you expect from filthy little heathens? Here's what you get when the races are diverse. So it was something. And then yeah. there was another one, which was. Oh, this is horrible. So they, there was a there was one where they said "dirty redskin devils." Now we sound the drums of war. Was changed. Yeah, that's why they changed it to "dirty shrieking devils." Now we sound the drums of war. And if you watch a scene in the movie, it's obvious that the animators did not have time to match the mouth movements yeah. with the original oh. lyrics. So if you watch it yeah. um, critically, I, I thought you can I saw see something that, that yeah didn't look right. That the mouths don't move yeah. in time with the new lyrics. But for some reason, you can on some places if you listen to the original motion picture soundtrack you will hear the original lyrics not, yeah. the, not the lyrics that made it to the that made it to the film so yeah. yes it was very um appropriate for the time but yeah. a racial slur they, is a they racial did, slur they didn't want to repeat song of the south type of stuff they no, wanted like, to. No. <laughs> and the thing is i was even watching this film and even just hearing the white characters refer to the indigenous characters as being indian was yeah. very jarring for yeah. me because yeah. of, because it was the context of how they said it yeah. you know and so for me it's just like i've even come into this room being like do i 
do I say that? What like, do I you, say? Like, like, like Native the... Americans, yeah. obviously, yes. is what we are Or aware. indigenous, well, indigenous yeah. people. I don't even know. I, like, being in America, I've been told not to use oh, the term really? indigenous. Yeah, okay, because I know, interesting. In, I know in Australia we use the term we use indigenous. A, yeah, we use indigenous, um, First Nations, or Aboriginal right. people. But then, obviously, there's the, the term BIPOC as well, which yeah. does, you know, incorporate the indigenous community yeah. as well. So Is Native is... American the politically correct? Is that what we... Is it the word we use? I, th- I think it... Unless it is... I, yeah. Look, I'm I'm not the person to no, say what is correct, yeah. but I do know that to be sensitive to these conversations. But they recognise that in the film, it takes place in a time where people are going to be saying things, and these mm. are the words that they use to address right. them at the in now. The movie. To put that in the context of a children's film, yeah, don't know if that's appropriate. Mm. But it was also 1995, I, and in yes. 1995, at the time, it's like they were the Indians, right? But yeah. and but the thing is, we wouldn't do that now. We would not say that now, no. right? Absolutely. Which is why, again, I think that the story would be better served outside of the context of a historical event, yeah. because I mean, apply it to something that we know now. But it is like, it, it's. I, I do think that this movie was a grown-up movie. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. do think it was a grown-up movie. Then again, The Lion King is what Hamlet. Yeah. You know, it's that's also a grown-up story. Yeah. You know, but they put. But they they made them animals, and yes. then it's cute. <laughs> that's it. And I think what yeah. Pocahontas did was it made them humans, and yeah. so it made it more uh, jarring. Yeah. You know, for us to visual, and then I guess Hunchback kind of just doubled that. Yeah, but Hunchback is not. It didn't really happen, and I think that that's the difference. You know, the uh, the English people did come and try and kill all of the native people that were living in the so land. So wait, so France didn't mm. burn down. Well, I don't know, but there wasn't a hunchback. Definitely the, burnt it wasn't. It wasn't a France. Inter- there wasn't a real. There wasn't a hunchback in the tower, to no, my knowledge. I, but no, but what I'm saying is just yeah. yes. I'm like obviously France is still there. Yeah. Um. But it's. But I understand what you're saying in terms of like the context of all of this. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. I think that when you're you're telling us historically. Um, but really, telling stories of historical events that are still really, really raw mm. to the communities that experienced it. And I think for me, like, even looking back on it now, like, what it offered me as a kid was a bigger picture. Yeah. You know, I feel like we did get these bubblegum princess fairy tale stories yeah. that didn't speak to a larger conversation. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say that this movie did speak to a larger conversation, even though it was taken out of context and potentially watered down. I did, it did mention to me as a young person that there were people that would intrude in on other people's homes mm-hmm. and yeah. try to claim them for their own. Yeah. And, like, that is enough of a conversation for a kid, yeah. you know? Um, I know in schools in Australia they do and teach we, and, the and, kids about... You know the Aboriginal yeah. and Indigenous yeah. communities being invaded on, and the yeah. um, and yeah, like it's, and we're and having this, huge and this conversations film, around that. This in film is good for making well. that pretty clear that they are the bad guys for doing that. Yeah. But did you also notice that it's the British, like America, like they weren't ready to make Americans yeah. the bad guys? Yeah, it's yeah, the British. That's, yeah. You yeah. know, and I, yeah. I thought that was also really interesting because obviously the Brits have very strong British accents, like yeah. even Mel Gibson, yeah. you know, yeah. manages to pull one off. Um, but the it's the you know Pocahontas is native tribe that speaks with the American well, but it's not even America. It's a, it's an Americanized. Well, 
No, because John Smith doesn't have an English accent in this. He definitely has an American accent. Mm, but he's Australian. Uh, he's Australian. Uh, yes, Mel Gibson's Australian, but his accent Mel Gibson in sounds this... like Mel Gibson. That's true. <laughs> like, I question, you know what, you're probably yeah, does right. Does he have an American accent? I think John Smith does. Oh, I've searched for a land like this one. It's, uh, it's British. You know, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, okay. I, I get that. I'm kind of leaning towards it. Okay. But that's, be, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, be, that's, because, that's because the Australian accent is... Closer to British, A British American, accent. yeah, American. and so you know it's more right. normal for us to hear. So we kind of equate it to an American yeah. accent. Yeah. I, I, I thought a lot about this. Um, I think well, that, oh, oh, sorry, while we're talking about language, it was interesting in the subtitles um, at near the start when when they're speaking when the natives are speaking. It says um, speak in brackets speaks in Algonquin. Which oh. is, yeah. um, but it doesn't say what they say, but it does yeah. say the language that they're speaking. Oh, yeah, so cool. which is, yeah. um, because I watched it on DVD from it's like the name of, <laughs> I don't even have it's, anything that plays the DVD. <laughs> it's the name, it's the name of, um, given to uh, languages from you know about you know half a dozen different, um, oh, indigenous okay. groups, yeah, in that from, area, um, yeah, from well, they range across, um, North America, yeah, okay, uh, but sort of more. Probably actually more up into Canada. Right. Yeah, they're, they're sort of they're sort of in pockets of them. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting to see that come up. Yeah, I think that um, John Smith okay does two redeeming things because he does save Thomas earlier oh, yeah. in the movie, and then he does save Powhatan later. Yeah. So Powhatan goes to kill oh. him. Pocahontas just throws herself dramatically on him, and her hair no. sort of wraps around his body, and it's very dramatic and I beautiful. Love him. Yeah. Oh, they're and up on Pride Rock, by the way. Are. Did you <laughs> Um, and Powhatan, you know, softens and he's not going to kill him. Hey, wait a fine. second. This has been done at the same time as Lion King. Maybe they just used the same... They might have. The same that. rock they, shape. They've <laughs> done it before. That's it's it. very possible. Reuse those, um, right. what do you call them, animation Yeah, the um, cells. Cells. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not reinventing the wheel here. A mountain's a mountain, okay? <laughs> so um, uh, Powhatan's not going to kill him. So, um, but they're there. The British are there. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're ready for this, this battle. They came up, it came up really quickly too. Like like you said, there was no real no build dramatic build-up. Like no, they was sang all, the boom. song. They yeah, got to but, the end of the song and they were there. Yeah, but it was, yeah. In yeah. terms of action, it was just like, boom, they're there. The um, Native Americans have lowered their weapons and Ratcliffe is ordering his men. She's like, we're here, shoot him, shoot him. And he's like, well, no, they've let John Smith go. Mm. That we're not going to shoot them. They're not doing anything. They're just yeah. existing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, they're not a threat. Um, but then, you know, is it Rat- Ratcliffe that shoots? Ratcliffe. Yeah. So Ratcliffe takes the gun. So the only time he does it, picks up anything it in this whole movie. Yeah. Um, he picks up the gun and he goes and he shoots mm. at Powhatan. Yeah. Mm. John Smith, very dramatically, sacrifices himself. However, for, doesn't yeah. get shot the same way that Cocoam does and manages to Well, he's to got survive. that big armor chest plate thing on. Was he was he wearing that at the time? No, because he, he not? Was, no, because he was a, you know, he was their prisoner. Yeah, I know, but so is he, he not still he wearing did it? Get, he oh. did get wounded because they put no, him on did, the boat later on. Yeah, he on does and... get wounded. I think he's shot in his side or something. Yeah. It's hard to tell with the invisible bullets and the no yeah. blood. <laughs> it is hard. hard to tell. I love that you think I that think it, it clips, was really... It must have clipped his flank, you know? It's really kind of that tribe to let him keep his I just don't remember. Yeah. I genuinely don't. You know what it reminds me of? How in movies the good guy always gets shot sort of up in the shoulder where it does it, it goes straight through, doesn't do any damage. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. like it's like a convenient just it's just yeah. with any vital organ. Yeah. So he's shot and then the 
the English turn on Ratcliffe. Yeah. Because John Smith is the hero of the whole movie. I say that it's because they, but it's they, because they, the they crew respect yeah. John Smith more than they do Ratcliffe. Yeah. So they turn on him, and what happens to Ratcliffe? Uh, they they, they tie him up. Out? No, his people. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they, they tie him up and, and take him back, him back to him on the boat. Yeah, yeah. out of the cargo. And so they yeah. capture him, they're going to send him back on the boat. And John Smith needs to go back because he's been wounded. He's absolutely going to die in the four months absolutely. that it takes him for him yeah. to get back. No spoilers, though. There is a second job. <laughs> yeah. He's absolutely going to die of some sort of um, infection, at the yeah. very least, oh, yeah. um, on the way back. But they send... He's going back. And I think that um, if it was any other... This is like Little Mermaid vibes here. He's going back. He's leaving. This is the man that she loves. Is she going to go with him? But no, this time the princess doesn't. Mm. She chooses her people. Yep. She's going to stay. She can't. She's not going to go. Now, my only one redeeming quality about yeah. John Smith. What is that? He doesn't drag her onto the boat. No, I, he, yeah. takes, he takes one for the team. Yeah. <laughs> he says, come with me. And she goes, I need to be with my people. And his response is, well, then I'll stay with you. Yeah. And that for me was a moment of... Oh, okay. He like, probably would have had a better chance of surviving probably, in the yeah, in the um, with with yeah. her and her yeah. people because they'd have people with with herbs and all sorts of things that would have sorted him out. Okay, technically we don't know how that last guy went when they yeah, were no, like, "This is true. this is a um, what are they saying? A, a, a strange wound." Yeah, they say that he's never seen Tis, a wound but like a scratch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not quite, um, but. It's but a flesh food. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it is interesting to speak on. Like that was the first moment that John Smith kind of said something that I was like, "Yeah, good." Like, yeah, yeah he's well, willing to to sacrifice himself to change her. his ways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so th- that was the first time that I actually saw a connection between the two of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I will say that throughout the whole film, like it doesn't speak to me as a love story. No. It does seem like two people who kind of get excited by the idea of one another. Yeah. You know? Isn't that love, though? <laughs> Isn't that what love is? <laughs> wow. I think that's what Disney was trying to tell us eventually. Yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, the earlier princess movies, it was, uh, I, I, I woke her up with a kiss and now she's mine. Yeah. You know, where this was, she got a she got a choice in it. She got a say in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, I, uh, Pocahontas was the first, I want to say the first princess that kind of like, paved her own way like even Belle there is this conversation of like what is it when the prisoners fall in love with their captures oh Stockholm Syndrome like that's a huge conversation on that yeah you know, it's like, and they yeah. live happily ever after. You mean the man who, like, kidnapped her? And, well, you, sure, he tried to kidnap her father and then she volunteered, her, volunteered herself. Like, but yeah. he let her go and she came back. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. you know, he was hot, Dion. <laughs> and he had a mansion. Jeez. That, yeah. <laughs> and, and a clock that spoke. She's cool. not an idiot. <laughs> I mean, actually, it's more the wardrobe. She's that, not going like, to live danced. in a poor provincial town down there. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did like this scene. It just it speaks to the generosity that they've saw and the peacefulness of the the Powhatan people mm. um, that they bring them food to yes. take back to take with them. With they've them. got baskets yeah. of corn and fresh uh, Which, fresh produce yeah. to take back from with the them farm on the boat right. from the crops. <laughs> Which I thought was really interesting because it never dawned on me that corn wasn't something that was accessible in Britain. That no. blew, the, and, even as a thirty yeah. five year old woman I was watching going, Is corn native to the US? I had no idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, I it, well, I'll tell you what it is. It is one of America's biggest industries. Oh, of course, I know. And I know that now. Ed, but nearly I didn't... everything's got some kind of but corn. Beef uh, is one of Australia's in biggest industries, and cows aren't native to Australia. Right. So, like that's. No. I just didn't know that corn was something. There's lots that was of different native. corns around the world. I know there's different but, kinds, but, but, but the but fact it, that he was seeing something brand new. Yeah, when, you know that was I guess fascinating. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Are we nearly wrapping it up? Yeah. I, I tell you what. Speaking of wrapping up, I I thought that this the ending of the film got wrapped up really quickly, mm-hmm. like time wise. I feel like so much of the movie, you know, was long and protracted, and then all of a sudden, blah, blah, at the end, we're done. Yeah, I I'm I'm even going to say that there was some of that stuff in the middle there that there was a lot of milking of things that mm. didn't necessarily need to be milked and then the things that did need to be discussed were sped through. Yeah. The moment of the waterfall, John Smith seeing Pocahontas, her hiding behind the tree, him hiding in the waterfall, coming out, all that was such a stretch out and I understand there was a beauty to it. That mm. was them Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Dane seeing each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was and like her standing up in that moment, like that's still I still like Silence in the room. I'm not breathing. Yeah. Watching Pocahontas stand up and just stare straight at him. Yeah. You know she's been hiding and now she's there in all her glory. But it's almost like an and not. I'm not comparing her to a wild animal, but it is almost like that mm. moment of like if you see a, a tiger, and the tiger clocks you and locks eyes with you mm. and just sort of makes themselves known. Yeah, like I'm here, just yeah. so you know. It's almost like she's taking her power sure. in that moment. Yeah. It's like I'm not hiding from you. Yeah. Here I am. But he's also got just... the other thing too is he's got a gun in his hand. But she he's doesn't know that. that. No, hang on. <laughs> yes, she doesn't yeah. know that. But um, you know, he's a, he's about oh, yeah, he's to about to shoot her. Shoot her if he yeah. needs to. Um, he lowers his weapon. Yeah. And and the thing is like. I think maybe he lowered one weapon and another weapon kind of... <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We already know he's not a great guy from historical facts. That's it. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of seeing Pocahontas indirectly in this movie yeah. as well. We see her in the reflection of the water in his hands. But mm. Like, that's his first vision of her mm. is, like, he sees the silhouette of her in his hands in the reflection of the water. And you see her through the leaves and you see her through the waterfall. Yeah. And there's lots of... And this the, comes the, back to that... Um, yeah, the sh- the perspectives and it's well, we, through the mist. And we as an audience yeah. see her from different perspectives. We yeah. see her climbing this tree, to see the clouds, mm. and you know, which are the ship. You know, it's it's that moment of just realizing that we are we're kind of seeing it through the eyes of Pocahontas. We're not seeing much of Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, there's a lot of mansplaining and then her clearing it up. There's not yeah. a lot of she doesn't necessarily dictate the story, which is frustrating. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, you're Be- exactly right. Because yeah. y- you are right in saying that they really put a lot of the attention on John Smith. Mm-hmm. He is the main he's, character. He's the first character that we made at the mm. start of it. It's called Pocahontas, but it's we follow John Smith. Yeah. yeah, and she's almost like a secondary character, right? Which is disappointing because she is such a powerful force in this film because she has heart. You yeah. know, and she has free will and she has direction, yeah. even though she she does have this dream with this compass, which I think is such a an interesting concept for a cartoon character to have uh, bigger questions. Mm. Like, look, I mean, we did see it in the form of like 
Ariel in The Little Mermaid being like, what is it like up there? But, mm-hmm. you know, she gets to stick her head out and have a look. Uh, yes. You know? That's why she has the questions because she's got that, but, she's but got that experience. Dream. Yeah. I don't know that... I, there's probably films that express sound, like like oh I had a had a thought or something but she's like there's this dream and there's this compass and it's a recurring dream. Do they have compasses? This is a really dumb no, question. I is mean, that something that they had? Who? Um, like her is, tribe? Her, or yeah, his? the Native American people. No, they she didn't have not. Oh, she didn't no. know what it was. because when she saw it for the first time, when Miko has it. Oh, because Miko's taken it from the yes. yeah from one of the explorers as they have come yeah. to the New World. Yeah, yeah. at which, some point. Which is also a really interesting when it does spin on its own and then just steers in the right direction. And that doesn't happen. No, you know. trees don't actually talk to you either. You know, <laughs> but, you know, let me, okay, let me add to that. <laughs> I can see a person. In Into the Woods, though, they talk to you. The the talking tree is not a new. Oh, in Wizard of Oz, trees talk to you. So the talking tree is not a new idea. Right. Like, just the way that it is. I think what the tree represents is, for me, she doesn't have that mother figure. Yeah. You know, and I think in a subconscious level, I always, in some way, connected that. Well, okay. Again, the dad does refer to the wind being Mm -hmm. her mum. Yeah. You know, every time the wind blows. And he says that very early on in the film. And so Grandmother Willow kind of, like, uses the wind as well to kind of... It, the tree and the wind, the environment, that's her family. Yeah, absolutely. You know, mm. that's that's her calling. Yeah. Those are her people, you know. And so the fact that she is so, you know, the leaves and the colours and all of that kind of stuff, it's really... It's quite beautiful yeah. um, what it speaks on because as a young woman, I've never been a young woman, mm-hmm. but I... Do not I have. That. I can tell you what it's about. <laughs> sure. but I, I do think that having female role models or even just an energy to kind of like to to show you, you know, they get like something to to focus on to to um, aspire to. Yeah. Um, and I think for her, like, if this was an instance where she was sitting by a tree and the tree is in her mind responding to her. That's it's her inner dialogue. It's her inner dialogue, yeah. but it's also her femininity getting mm. harnessed because she's in a mm. tribe of these really like strong male figures who are yeah. trying to tell her what to do and she goes to the wind and the and the tree to get mm. clarity. Yeah. yeah. Um and I think that that can speak to all of us. Like I mean how many people have laid in a in a in a field or a, a park or something and, and watched the stars come out at night and yeah. just just think beyond themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think it really kind of speaks onto that experience because often we see in these films somebody gives them the answer. Yeah. You know, and I think in yeah. this film we see her learn yeah. on her own. And mm. yes, it's in the form of a speaking tree and yes, it's in the form of the wind, but it's really her. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is actually quite beautiful. Absolutely. Well, you can rely on talking trees to get deep and meaningful with you. Absolutely. Hey, um, before we wrap things up, I think we might be getting there. Yeah. Because we're starting to get closer to the two-hour mark here. Um, but I have to t- I have to share this little story. You mentioned before the flying clown, which is the ship mm. that the British come on. You're rolling your eyes. Because but people, it's not that interesting. No, it story. is. It is, right? <laughs> so we, what, we watched poker, like, we we've watched... done a lot of different podcasts, right? That's true. And, we, and we're doing Pocahontas right now, right? This is the thing, right now. And we watched half of it. Yeah, well, yeah. So, but we're in the midst of doing all of this stuff for Pocahontas specifically. Now, I was in the shed on a completely unrelated matter. I was 
making a gate, right? Can it, I tell you when we stopped watching Pocahontas the first time, when she climbs over this, she says, oh, look, what strange clouds. And that's where we paused it because mm-hmm. we thought we'll come back to it because I was falling asleep, not because of the movie, but because I have a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, what strange clouds. Yeah, yeah they look like flying clouds. Yeah. And, um, and so I was in the shed and doing something completely unrelated. I was building a gate, right? And I was rifling through boxes of old crap. Yeah. And... In one of these boxes, there was one stamp. You know, a postage stamp, people? Mm -hmm. It was a 45-cent postage stamp. So this is old. This is an old stamp from 1990... Oh, I've got to read that. I think it's 1997. And on it, it has a picture of a ship. And at the top, it says... Flying cloud. <laughs> I'm showing Dion as we speak. He's got this look, this incredulous look on his face. He doesn't believe me. Okay, okay. I will say this. I and know it's, that you say this it's isn't got the a fun British. Fact. It's got the British no, maritime flag on it. Right? An interesting story. <laughs> but I see. I now this is like serendipitous, yes, right? Yeah, yes. Like. Completely unrelated. Because you would have looked at this on any other day and not thought anything of it. I I haven't seen this for... I obviously kept it, but I haven't seen this for years. But if you'd found that two weeks ago, you probably would have just thrown it in the But why did he find it now? Because grandmother will is That is where I kind of sit here and I go, no, I like that. Because you know what? If that had happened to me, I'd be saying the same story. (laughs) There you go. So people, it does happen. Um, well, I'll put a picture one, of it on. One more thing I will say, because this is for the historians out there. The Flying Cloud was an actual ship. It used to travel between, I think, New York and San Francisco or something like that. So why is it on an Australian stamp? I don't know. Um, but because uh, uh, yeah. it, it was a British ship, I think, okay, and, it, okay, and it did yeah. other stuff, but it was mainly maritime up and down the coast of America. Chauzy's. But this, this happened. Actually, it was the fastest ship uh, of its time. Hence the flying cloud, mm. um, uh, flying but cloud the, but it actually <laughs> but it actually happened about it actually happened about a hundred years after this Pocahontas stuff, so mm. it was a real thing. But there you go, Disney picking historical things and just blending them New together. New York to San Diego, you'd have to go all the way around the world. I don't think I think you've got some, must be because they're on different coasts. Did I say San Francisco? San, Fr- but that's San Diego, this, even the, t- the San, San Francisco, Francisco and San Diego are both same coast. coast. That's both West Coast. And what so did you, I say? Well, so oh. you said New York to there. They, it doesn't go oh. over the land. Okay, so you, that's okay. We'll do the research and we'll come back <laughs> yeah. to you on that. It doesn't well, matter. I, I, I if you're interested say. in the Flying Cloud, it is a real <laughs> ship, and feel free to go and Google it. Okay, have you heard the fan yeah. the, the, the fan theory of? Okay, this is a ship. It has no context to Pocahontas. Okay, but the fan theory is the ship that Elsa and Anna's parents get on mm-hmm. mm. that gets stuck in the storm. Yeah, yeah, and gets. They crash, we never see him again. Mm-hmm. Fan theory is that they shipwreck and they are the parents of Tarzan. I have, I have heard that fan theory, okay. yes. Mm. So I think that's a really fun fan, th- mm-hmm. fan theory. I mean, obviously Tarzan doesn't have superpowers. No. But... And Anna and Elsa never mentioned a brother. But he does have superpowers. He does have superpowers. Yeah, but she's ability... also not pregnant on the ship, but... He how? does have yeah. superpowers. <laughs> you, you know how babies are made, right? <laughs> 
He does have superpowers. The ability to learn, learn English. English oh. really <laughs> that is very He's good. very good at mimicking, and that's, that's how he true. That's it. true. Anyway, okay, let's wrap this up. So we do finish this movie with a beautiful um, oh, yeah. sh- op- a shot of Pocahontas back on the top of the oh, Pride Rock. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's almost a beautiful throwback to the opening shot of yes. her that yeah. we have, of her being just... Standing she, atop yeah, a cliff. Yeah, she's, she's there. Hair waving majestically in the wind. Yeah, and it sort of zooms out to it like a sketched uh, black... Mm. It's like a sepia tone yeah. sketch of like a frame. In a frame yeah. of her standing yeah. there, and then that's it. That's our. That's the our other Disney movie. film that starts with a book when they open up the first. Oh, page. there's a few of them. Um, Sleeping Beauty does it. Cinderella yeah. does it. Snow White does it. Those really early ones. Yeah, so I guess it's their version of doing that. Uh, maybe, but we have the the sketch of right at the start too. That's how we open with London, mm. um, and then we zoom into it, and it becomes animated. Mm. But that's. To sort of bookend, but it does throw back to the opening shot of her when we first see her and she's standing on the cliff and the wind is whipping around her mm. and she's, you know, majestic and beautiful. With that huge, uh, what is it, the climax in the music and it's yeah. the yeah. and then yeah. we have that. Even even <laughs> and it's, it's like, hang on, we don't know this song. Like, yeah. what's this? And as a kid, yeah. I was always like, why is this in here? Because yeah. obviously in the film, as you said, yeah, they it put was it taken. Back in. Yeah, it but was, it would yeah. have been very different because that yeah. was obviously the nineties radio release well, version. You know, yeah, well, you know what's yeah, what's really interesting is that Pocahontas and John Smith don't have a song. a song together. I mean, yeah, no, he has a song with Radcliffe. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which was, is mine. I was he about sings to in ask mine. if he even had a song, but he's, he only sings part of yeah. the song. Yeah, and I think yeah. Mel Gibson said that was the most difficult part because he's not a singer. He goes, that was, no. and he did the singing voice of this character. You can tell. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sneer. <laughs> I mean, oh, you can tell. It's fine. It's. It, I mean, it's a great song. Yeah, but it's very much speak singing. Yeah, you know, and I think yeah. it lends itself to the song, which is great. I think if it was like completely like beautifully sung it, it yeah. wouldn't give to that the I don't know the, the mind mind mindness yeah. of it all I mean they don't have a they don't have a like a, a, a whole new world moment yeah. it's no. I, I feel like this this as a musical movie probably lacked yes you know enough what? songs mm-hmm. and I feel like there was a, a number of characters in it who whose intentions and you know thoughts and feelings could have been explored more through song that we just didn't get i've just worked guys like thomas i mean grandmother willow had a grandmother willow you know she has like a a recurring thing but it's she could have had a whole song about teaching her Mm -hmm. teaching pocahontas to get in touch with herself and follow her own path and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff like it could have been really beautiful i mean you know between characters and even a a real love song that connected pocahontas and john smith that's Mm. that's what i was just thinking because i've worked to develop that that That's fondness why we don't that we feel did, that yeah, relationship. It just, there was no a whole was new not, world. It was no, just they don't have a whole new. They don't even need nah. the duet because we had kissed the girl yeah. in um, That's true. Little Mermaid. They had there's always a musical number because Ariel doesn't speak to Eric in the whole to, nah. to right at the end. So they don't need a song together, but they need uh, something, a musical montage or something mm. that 
helps us develop that storyline. And we had Kiss the Girl in The Little Mermaid, but we, mm. we felt that um, that tension between them. And we have um, Beauty and the Beast. We have Taylor's oldest time in Beauty mm. and the Beast, where we mm. see them fall in love in that dancing, in that dancing mm. montage. And they don't say anything. They don't need to say anything because we can see it in the song. And then we have A Whole New World where they actually sing the song, but they wouldn't necessarily have needed to if you took the... the the words out of that and just had the music and the sequence of them on the carpet, we would have felt that, that falling in love. And John Smith and Pokemon just don't have anything. They just see each other and, oh, but Daddy, I love him. I'm like, no, you don't. I thought you were I saying she called him Daddy. And I was like, wow. Oh, well, that's a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think that's what's missing with these two characters is that there's no build up to it. There's yeah. no, I, I don't feel anything between no. them. Nothing. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's disappointing because I think that... What a missed opportunity. Yes. yes. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and now that we speak about it and knowing that that song was supposed to be in that film, like, yeah. that was it. That was it. And, that was their moment. And I guess it just didn't... The kids got bored, though. Yeah. And then <laughs> and the adults thought it was depressing. Yeah. You know, because there was, like, if I never knew you, like, it's, it's such a negative context. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like... Now, because I know you, yeah, we could have tweaked it. It's you know, I am so Mm. much more like you know, like let's just flip it. Yeah, and the only musical number they have together, though, even Bell and the Beast have. um, There might be something there that wasn't there before, and it's such a beautiful song, and it's so cute. And we see the start of that. The only Mm. song that Pocahontas sings with John that has anything to do with John is she's sort of telling him like setting him straight about his beliefs and Mm -hmm. and her beliefs Mm -hmm. and it just there's no I just yeah what a missed opportunity and even even Ratcliffe you know there could have been it could have been a more person I know he sings about gold and then he sings about the savages and he he sings the mind mind. I don't think his song was evil enough Mm. I think that there is so not to say to give him a backstory where it's like we sympathize with him yep. but a backstory that goes I need this yeah. so I can dethrone like more specifically almost it's almost almost a song that elaborates on the if you see an Indian shoot them kind yes. of thing that I mean, attitude it, it, yeah. the attitude yes the verbiage we can't really make a song we, out of no it. no no but you yeah. know what I mean something no, that, like, that gives us that we did gives us that, we had savages like but it wasn't his song and it was shared it was shared with it's yeah, like because it, like you know it's like Ursula's song. Yeah, that's know? what I, that's what I mean. An Ursula song. But mine is his Ursula song because that that shows their intentions. Ursula's song yeah. shows her intentions. Yeah, okay. I I, I, I definitely agree with both anyway, of those circumstances. Yeah. But it's it is one of those things that I don't think that even like structurally it doesn't feel like a musical. No, it feels like a movie with songs. With songs. Yes, yeah. exactly. And yeah. and as sad as that is. I, I love this movie so much and not necessarily for its songs. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. for the character herself, which I actually really enjoy because so many people will think of The Little Mermaid and think of her songs. Yeah. You know, I at least think of Pocahontas as this woman who is just here to kind of embrace the world and what's around her and these people are trying to tell her how to live her life mm. and she is going by what her heart tells her and what the wind tells her and mm. and making her own choices and I think she is really one of the most um, encouraging characters in terms of like looking at the world as a opportunity mm. rather than something that we have to kind of just be uh, a part of part of well she you know? she paved the way for the the princesses like um uh, mulan yeah. like mm. all the way for obviously like mulan is a historically accurate like well, historic 
figure mm. but for us to be able to tell these stories of these princesses where the love story is not their main objective yeah. it's a side it's a side story mm. to them finding themselves yeah. rather mm. than finding love well the, the the true Pocahontas fan in me likes to think that the modern era of the Disney films are thanks to what oh, Pocahontas absolutely achieved. I'm sure I'm sure it is yeah. which is sad that it got such a bad rating <laughs> uh, you know what you know what I think well, it's the kind of movie we say this sometimes that if you want to pull it apart there's lots to yeah. pull apart like mm. we have but at the end of the day we go it was a really enjoyable movie to watch it's very watchable now you know it's there's some movies we've watched like um, like Pinocchio where we just we just went oh my god and you um, and you almost would never want to watch it again mm. like mm. we've watched it retrospectively and once for, for the purpose of this podcast but I would never I would want to never want to no. seek it out again yeah. whereas this movie is still quite good I put it on occasionally and and still enjoy it yeah. it's got it's there's got a lot going for it there's good action and and there's a good storyline it's got heart even if it's not executed the best right. there's an earnestness about it. they can see what they're trying to do with the story, with the movie, and there's and there's something to learn from it. Yeah, you know whether it's historical, whether uh, it's about accuracy. the flying cloud uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, no. <laughs> it, it, no, yeah. I, I thankfully on my rewatch, I wasn't, I didn't cringe as much as I think you cringed watching the Lizzie McGuire movie. Yeah, oh, you know what? If I could go back and re-record that podcast, I would because I was so harsh in it. And it is. I'm wearing my Lizzie McGuire t-shirt today. I am. I love that movie so much. And I do. That's one of the. That's a heart movie for me. Sing for me, Paolo. Sing for me, Paolo. <laughs> like, I don't think that Hilary Duff sings one time in that movie. She's got like four different voices yes. in what dreams so, are made of. Yes, and and the shimmy from the back, which is I clearly lo- not her. You know what? I just love it though. It's a great I love film, it. and I love Hilary Duff. I just. She's, yeah, she, you know it. that she. I, I was obsessed with Hilary Duff. I was, I was in love with Hilary Duff when I was about fourteen yeah. until I realised we had the same taste in men. Yes, um, that was a really hard thing to like come to terms with. Um, but I have since worked in Los Angeles, and I was w- at work at the register, ready to clock in, and I looked up and I looked immediately at my coworker, and I went. Hillary Duff is in the building. <laughs> this is not a drill. Hillary Duff is in the building. They're like, where, where? And I pointed at this little boy sitting on a stool and I said, that is, that is her, her son. son. <laughs> yeah. That is Luca. They were like, why do you know that? I'm like, first of all, he looks exactly like her. And second of all, she posts him all the time. Yeah. So I, would look, I was in a frenzy. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Turns out he was there with his dad. Oh. Devastated. <laughs> But it was a six degrees kind of situation, yeah. which apparently she had been to the restaurant many times and I just never caught her. She's magnificent. So I was still, and I still have had other circumstances where I've been you either in the It's presence. serendipitous. You will meet Hillary Duff. You will. I have to. Manifest that, mate. I, I mean, Hillary Duff. <laughs> You're so close. I know. And Kristen Bell is the yeah. other one, who is obviously a Disney, you know, yeah, She's a voice Disney princess. As well. So yeah. these women who yeah. have Veronica Mars me. fan from way back, yeah. and she was you another are. strong, independent woman yes. who had a cast that was like primarily men, and she had and to set them straight. Held her own ground. I think there's a running theme <laughs> with my female, uh, Your female role leads. models, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. Okay, that was epic. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up then. So, um, Dion, how many ears of corn would you give this movie out Ooh, of ten? Corn oh, out of ten. Yeah. Now, if you had to ask me when I was six years old, <laughs> yeah, ten. Sure. 
Now, as an adult watching this film, clearly we have pulled this apart. Yes, we've talked in depth. Yeah. Now. Give it a heart rating. Come on, what would you give this? Yeah. A heart rating? Yeah, you can can give it a heart rating. What it it means to me as an adult, I'm going to give it a nine. It's my lucky Mm. number. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So so let's go with a heart rating. Yeah, go with a heart rating. Yeah. Okay. You need to give Brett something to... Ooh. Ah, uh, well, we're going to have to go with the little cookies. Because, <laughs> I mean, I say cookies, having lived in America yeah. so long, he does refer to them as biscuits, <laughs> which I did realise. Because British. Yes. Yeah. So how many, how many biscuits, I guess, out of ten? How yeah. many biscuits, how many would, biscuits would I give it? I'd probably give this movie uh, seven and a half biscuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a... It's pretty generous. That's a not a, it's not a bad score. Um, no one likes a half biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Honey, how many magic bullets would you give? Invisible bullets? Yeah. Um, no blood bullets. I'm going to give this one a seven. A seven. Seven, seven magical bullets. It's I'm, good. I'm surprised because you gave seven to Hercules and you gave seven and a half to Hercules as well. Jeez, you've really been listening. No, I mean, that was the one podcast that yeah. I listened like such a <laughs> So, like, knowing that that got such a high rating, I was expecting to come in here and get, like, fives. No, yeah. no, because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it is and there's got some really great things going yeah. for it. The animation is spectacular. Mm. Um, there, there are some really great characters in this as well. Mm. I'm going to just, you know, John Smith notwithstanding, but even Ratcliffe is a really great character. Yeah. He's yeah. Not he's a villain, obviously, but he's a really great character and he's a memorable character. Um, so I think that seven is. I think that it's missing some elements that would have bumped it up. How about this uh, TV what? series of Pocahontas? She's the lead. <laughs> Nic- was there not? No, there but, wasn't like, one. Nakoma is her, you know, friend who yeah. we see regularly. Are we going to get a friends to the, lovers trope out the, of her? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. The animals are present for all of it, and our villain is Ratcliffe. Yeah. And Wiggins, and we have kind of like a Peter Pan esque, uh huh, uh, thing. Oh, yeah. But then that's yeah. going to be like John Smith. No, 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 because I don't he's want gone guns back. either. I just want you know what I want. I want Ratcliffe and Wiggins have been abandoned yes. there. They've yes. all gone back, and they're trying to learn this to is live. It. This is it. This is like this is getting a ten. This is like, very but, campy and humorous, yes. and yeah. with, but yeah. we see it from her perspective. Yeah. with the the positive things in her life, like that's that's the Pocahontas I want. Yeah, and it's well, a, yeah. What about what about this? Has this for pitch? We don't. I don't know if we mentioned it, but some of those Englishmen actually stay with the natives. They do. They don't all go. Back uh, they don't on all the go back some to England. So have a look for that when you when you're right watching at the it. End, when so they send John Smith off on the boat. Next generation of interbreed. Inter- well, so right. crass look. interbreeding between between the British. And I the don't natives. really want to talk and about the interbreeding between <laughs> the natives. Well, don't, we can gloss the over that. We, we just I, get the. No, we just I don't get think the... that this is the fun story that you know it is. Well, I will say, as somebody who is the product of interbreeding. Um, <laughs> not even that. I think I know what happened to See? the native women when the British men came, right. and like, I don't think yeah. this is the fun. No, funny again, let's case. take it out of historical context. Okay. <laughs> take it out of historical context. I will say there was a um, incredible Broadway musical that I saw called Paradise Square. Mm-hmm. which speaks on the African-American community and the Irish community oh, as they come to uh, America. Yeah. The Irish were obviously immigrating. Yeah. Um, There's no time. potatoes. That to come no, to. but it was, <laughs> yeah. it was the time of the war and the African-Americans wanted 
at least in this context of the story, they wanted to fight for their country. They weren't allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Irish were coming in trying to obviously get away from their stuff yeah. and they were being forced to go to war. So, mm. it's, uh, But the thing was that those two communities were coming together as being ostracized by the Americans. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if we had it under a context where they were appreciative of each other and it was this kind of two communities coming together, that could have been something that was really nice to see in this made-up uh, cartoon series that comes to me <laughs> where when she goes back to her people we learn something new as a white community mm-hmm. that the uh, Native Americans get to teach us. I love that you said we learn something new as a you white community. You know what? Community. I was raised <laughs> in Australia to a lot of, uh, to a lot of white um, understandings and, and standards sure. that I can't sit here and separate myself as this <laughs> uh, this yep. other entity because I, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm an Australian, Australian culture. Yeah. Um, so I have to kind of, you know, my dad's white, so yep. I'll claim it where I, where <laughs> I, it's necessary, yeah. you know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. So, Dion, thank you so much for coming and being a part of our podcast today. I had so today. much fun, if you oh, couldn't tell. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. And I hope that we, we get you back on when you're yeah. in the country again, when you're flushing in between. Such a nomad. I'm, I'm Pocahontas after all. Yeah, that's it. You know, you're just following the river bend. What did you say the next one was going to be about? The next what, podcast. Uh, oh, High School Musical, the musical, the series. Uh, okay. <laughs> We've oh, never okay. done a TV series before. That's I why think I was really excited yeah, as well. So we might have to watch a whole series and then just pick out the most important Oh, no. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that would, it would be great to have you back next time you're in the country. So Dion um, is a bit... He's an, you're an Aussie expat, I suppose. You sort of go I'm, in between. Yeah. Mm. You just, I don't you, know where I live anymore. Yeah, there's... We, we don't need a label. You just no. go, just go with the wind. I'm just, wind I'm, takes I'm just, you. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a Is that people. a Pocahontas pun there? Yeah, maybe. Go where the wind takes you. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, where can people find you on the socials if they want to follow you and keep up with what you're doing? Okay, so I am on Instagram, mm-hmm. Dion of Fabuland. Yep. Um, which has some wonderful unders- um, underscores. You know, not underscores, what is it? Yeah, underscores. Yeah, underscores. yeah in between um, the three words. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like there's three words in there, yeah. yes. Dion with the J. Yeah. Yes, exactly, D-J-O-N. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can find me on, on Instagram, and I put all of my fun little adventures up there, and yeah. it's, a, it's a fun time. I, yeah. try, try, I try to treat it like a photo album. Nice. Because we don't have those anymore. No, we do not. And I also don't take photos with my friends, so we're going to make sure I get a photo with the two of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that'll, yeah. that'll hit our socials too when the episode comes out yeah yeah in um, 2027 <laughs> might be by the time we edit it and get it all out um, but yeah thank you so much for, for coming in and we love you and yeah, we really thanks, appreciate mate. you guys I love you both as well so thanks here. for having me no worries no, feeling the love yeah. <laughs> um, if you <laughs> if, <laughs> do you want to finish that or is yeah. it going to be no, like no, a musical no, worm in your brain Pocahontas no. feeling the love yeah. <laughs> but the other problem is don't sing too much because we're not we, copyrighted yeah. <laughs> I was like I had to finish that for you as well like if I stopped halfway through it and my brain would have exploded thank you so much Um, thank you all so much for tuning in we know this was an epic one and we really hope that you've enjoyed it we've really enjoyed um, having these conversations and talking about what is a a really beautiful spectacular movie notwithstanding some of the the, with a 2020 you know what it's a 2023 lens that we're looking at we're looking at a 1995 movie with a 2023 lens and things have changed so much even in the last five years with how we talk about things and how we view things that you know it's it's always Mm. gonna be you know what but you know what this movie didn't have which i was expecting 
at the start of Peter Pan and the start of some of the other movies that we've watched, there's been like a, a warning on, on Disney+. Oh, Plus. Yeah. They have yeah. it now saying that this movie contains outdated racial depictions. Oh. And tobacco sorts, depictions? Well, no, no. I'm being, no, I'm being serious, <laughs> though. It, it says, you know, outdated um, racial depictions. We are presenting it in its form, yeah. in its original form, but it does contain those sorts of things, obviously with the, the depiction of the Native Americans mm. in Peter Pan, which mm. is horrific. Sure. Um, but this movie didn't have that, so I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting that Disney... Does it? Well, no, not that they, you know, they obviously they don't need to apologise for this movie. There's nothing to apologise for. It's a it's a great movie. Mm. It's just, I think that some of the people's issues with it is some of the issues that I have with movies like the Alice in Wonderland live action movie is I don't think you can call that movie Alice in Wonderland because it is not the story of Alice right. in Wonderland. Pocahontas is sort of similar, I suppose. This is not the story of Pocahontas, but it does contain a character whose name is Pocahontas. Right, and I think that's yeah. where maybe the warning doesn't necessarily no. feel... To Disney, necessary, yeah. because it is a different depiction. Yeah, it's absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Thank you again, guys. We keep, just keep going and going and going. But thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you could like and subscribe and rate and review and do all those wonderful things, we'd really appreciate it because it does help people find the podcast. You can listen to Brett's other podcast, Teaching for Dummies, wherever you find your podcasts, and we will catch you next time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye.